This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. When you get in an accident, there's only one place to go, UtahAdvocates.com. Simply put, the best injury attorneys in the business. You can chat with them online for free. In fact, you never pay the Advocates a dime until they win your case. Chat with them online right now at UtahAdvocates.com. A big show for you. You're going to hear... a lot about this Draymond Green situation. I am, I rarely get upset about situations in sports. I'm upset about this one. I'm really upset about this one. Draymond Green will not be suspended by the Golden State Warriors. He has been fined an undisclosed amount of money for committing egregious workplace violence on Jordan Poole's face. Should the NBA step in? We'll talk about that. Um, horrendous news about fast food breakfast. I know. I feel like we've talked about it every day for the last 10 years. Yeah. But there is a new list out that lists the nine worst fast food breakfasts you can eat. And one of my favorites is on that list. And it hurts. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I understand why it hurts. Why it's disappointing. Why it's going to ruin your day. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. It really. I mean, it, it, I, I'm not really sure how you're going to be able to work under these conditions. But, you know. You know, I just want, um, I want a better class of fast food breakfast. Yeah. And they're not going to give it to me. So yeah, we'll talk about that coming up on the show, but I want to start with, um, you want to go BYU or Draymond first? Let's Uh, go BYU. Okay. Let's go BYU because obviously here on the Monty show, you know that we are the truth in Salt Lake city sports talk. That's why you're here every day. Um, And BYU has a huge game with Arkansas this weekend, but there are questions abound about the ability of BYU to bounce back after what is a not great loss to Notre Dame. And I say that because clearly that's a game I feel like BYU should have won and they had an opportunity to win that game, but they just couldn't execute at the right moment. And now we find out, Jake, that they have multiple injuries across the defense that are going to knock guys out for the year. Can BYU bounce back and put up a quality performance against Arkansas? Yeah, you know, I I struggle with this concept because I think that you know we first have to address this whole rotating on the on the D line and the O line. First of all, I I think that you know when you are rotating your your line guys on either side of the ball, it's really going to hurt your team's ability to create sort of a brand and an identity on the football field. You got to have five guys who regularly are getting the lion's shares of the snaps, and so. To me, when you're dealing with injury or when you when guys are out for whatever reason, um, you know that's one thing. I I can understand that. Hey, this guy sustained an injury. We, you know, next man up. Okay, hear that all the time. No problem with that. What I do have a problem with is this whole concept that BYU, even though guys are healthy, is rotating guys on mostly on the right side of your offensive line, but you see it on the defensive line as well. And so, to me, um. 
I don't love that concept. I, I, I think, you know, when you're rotating guys, you're really going to struggle for, with consistency. You're going to struggle with cohesiveness and chemistry and all the things that you need to play good football on either side of the ball. So that's number one, you know, as far as going out against Arkansas and, and having a chance in this game at what apparently uh, BYU is saying is a sold-out uh, Lavelle. So you know you're going to have a big crowd. Do you do you doubt that? No, I don't doubt it, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's like you, you have to get consistency in this football team. That's what – that's what I'm struggling with when we ask questions like, hey, are they going to be able to go out and beat Arkansas? I don't have faith that they're going to go out and beat this Arkansas team. Should, really? should we have faith? What, I do. What faith do I have? What faith should I have? Wow. Um, you know, the thing that comes to mind there is I feel like this, one, they're they're talented. I think you can rely on the fact that BYU is talented. Um, Jaron's going to have a, a, a full week to figure out whatever the shoulder thing is he's dealing with. Um, you would think that you would be encouraged by the way Chris Brooks ran the football against Notre Dame. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited. I mean, obviously, you're not excited to see a guy the caliber of K.J. Jefferson who's going to play in this game. Um, but I feel like you're talented, and we've seen better days from this BYU football team. Simply put, this season, we have seen them perform at a very high level, and you would hope that, again, a loss like the loss to Notre Dame is a wake-up call. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, not to be negative Nancy, but that's kind of what we said about Oregon, isn't it? Like, hey, you you got boat raced by Oregon. Hey, I would think that would wake this team up. I would think that the slow start stuff would stop. I would think that, that you know, the poor play would stop. But it didn't stop, and the inconsistency is still in the program. And we are still getting some questionable defensive schemes. We are still getting some questionable offensive play calling, you know? so So to me... Yeah, I mean, I hope that these are wake-up calls. I hope that what Michael Mayer did to you, uh, commonly referred to as number 87 uh, by the BYU program, I hope what number 87 did to you was a wake-up call for this defense. I hope that, that what Drew Pine did to you was a wake-up call. But, but you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh, and I'm open to that. I'm 100% open to it. But I'm I don't really feel like we have a lot to to lean on that tells us, hey, yeah, this team is going to bounce back because they've had those opportunities to bounce back. And what have they given us? Well, they've given us good performances in the second half, but they've also given us pretty slow starts in the first half. And so against a team like Arkansas, who does have SEC talent, who is a good football team, getting behind Arkansas early is probably not a recipe for success or not a game that, that I would want to be playing if I was BYU. So to me, I just think that, you got to do some solidifying this week. Like, like I agree with what you said yesterday. You can't have, you know, Harris and Suamatae on that right side going in and out of the game. Like, they need to play every single snap, assuming they're healthy. Yeah, you know? but but I don't know that that's who Kalani is. I don't know that I, I, I don't know what the justification for that is. And I think when you look at this, you look at this BYU team. I mean, the the frustrating thing again. Um, and my opinion is is some of the injuries. And, you know, you you listen to Tuiaki yesterday meet with the media. Like, what he says here about third down is infuriating. The third downs was really as we, we came away with it without even looking at the tape. Uh, knew right away that um, that was that was an issue of ours. In order to, you know, coming off the field, there was um, tried several different things, you know, um, thought about several different things as far as the schemes, maybe things that we could have done differently. But uh, felt like if we would have executed, uh, it would have gave us a, given us a better shot. 
Well, no kidding. <laughs> like it, it, this is what frustrates me about this de defense. And you know, look, Coach Tuiaki is a guy that that unlike most people, I I believe he's a quality defensive coordinator. But when you say you know if we'd have executed, we'd have had a better result. Well, yeah, no kidding, kid. Like I know that you know that. That's the yeah. story of life. But why can you not get off the field on third down consistently? It has plagued this team for. Three years, really. I mean, if we're being critical about it, yeah. multiple seasons, the story of the defense has been can't get off the field on third down. So you, you hear that, and then you say to yourself, well, why are we dropping three, and, and or why are we rushing three and dropping eight? The philosophy, the, the conversation, it changes every year. I think a lot of it really has to do with uh, uh, who are your players, who are you working with, what are they good at, what are they best at. Um, how much? How much are you willing to sacrifice? In what part of the game, um, you know, are we at? I mean, all, all that all that stuff comes into play. And so, the the pres pressures and all that stuff, we carry pressures every single week. We use them every single week. Um, and some teams, we just we prefer to uh, to play more coverage than we do than we do pressure. We feel like coverage pressure is what we call it, <laughs> is is better than. Uh, than uh, blitzing and leaving your coverage guys out there to dry, and so it just it, it all it all just kind of depends on on what's what's going on at that time with who you've got and who's playing. Well, I mean, listen, I I, I get it. You you're what Coach Tuiaki said right there is, hey, you know what? I don't believe we have the talent to blitz, and I would tell you it doesn't matter if you have the talent to blitz. Drew Pine picked you apart because you didn't get back there, you know. Like, and I think this secondary's never been in better shape than it is right now to, to cover. And I understand you've been without Malik Moore now, and I totally get that. But I think Micah Harper's played really well. I think Max Tooley has really turned into a, an opportunistic safety linebacker, uh, corner, cover, whatever you need him to be. Like, you have guys on that, on that defense. Ben Bywater, I think, has been very good. You got to find a way to get to the quarterback. You got to find a way to get the quarterback off their spot. And... I, I just I I don't love that I don't love that idea. Well, I don't. You know, you're essentially saying you don't believe you have the athletes to blitz them. I mean, am I hearing that wrong? No, you're not. And what my my thing is, I I would take it one step further. You he said in that clip, hey, you know, it really depends on your players and their strengths and their weaknesses and where you're at in the game. So in 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 simple terms, what you're saying, coach, is that. Is that depending at where you're on, where where you're at in the game, and who's not on the injury report, it dictates your play calling, not what what down it is, right? How long it is to get a first down for the offense that you're playing, and who the quarterback is, because that's what matters in college football, right? Who the quarterback is. If the quarterback is Drew Pine, a guy who is more of a pocket guy than a runner guy. Right, you know that okay. It we have one or two routes we can go here. We can just play coverage the whole game, and he's probably going to pick us apart. Because you can't tell me Tuiaki is not cognizant of that and doesn't know that Drew Pine's capable of that because he absolutely is. And there's plenty of tape out there that shows Drew Pine doing that. One, two. If you know that, why wouldn't you blitz? Even if it's just pressuring him, even if it's hurried throws, you don't even have to get sacks. What happens if Drew Pine has to run 15 yards to his right to try to get a completion of Michael Mayer in this game? What does that look like? I can tell you it gives guys like Micah Harper a much better chance of getting an interception, right? So there are things that I believe that they can do, little things, scheme-wise, play-calling-wise on defense, 
that would really help them. So when I heard this, I was yeah. like, yeah, this to me is kind of a cop-out. Like, I'm not trying to be harsh on Tuiaki here, but it, it it feels that way to me. But then again, here we go. We're in, you know, middle of October at this point, and we're talking about a laundry list of injuries to significant contributors for BYU. Coach Tuiaki updates us on the defensive line injuries. Uh, Gabe Summers is going. I mean, he's, he's he tore his PCL, um, and he's just battling, you know. He's... He's, uh, he's got issues that he's dealing with, but he's it's not anything that he, I mean, it's just really just pain tolerance, and he's a tough kid, and so he's give us, given us everything that he's got. Well, and, and look, we've talked about this several times. Gabe Summers is a stud. Yeah. They, their defensive line cannot afford to lose Gabe Summers, but you look at, you know, Larson's out for the year. Gagne's out for the year now. Yeah. Um, you know, you have had Gunnar Romney in and out of the lineup. Puka's in and out of the lineup. Miles Davis is out of the lineup. Um, you know, again, Malik Moore's out of the lineup. I mean, you just, again, have a laundry list of issues and a laundry list of injuries. And I don't know, all of this, I guess my point in all of this on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Utah Injury Attorneys, utahadvocates.com. You know, that my point in all of this is that I, I just don't, I don't feel like you've lost anything, even with all of this adversity, as poorly as you've played against Oregon as poorly as you played against Notre Dame at times. I feel like they have a legitimate shot to beat Arkansas. I think you're at altitude. You're going to have, you know, 60,000 fans there. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I that place is going to yeah. be lit, I think. And by the way, I, I would point out that, again, BYU, um, I don't know, is the right word prohibitive? BYU's a prohibitive favorite against Arkansas. Uh-huh. I mean... I don't know. Do you do you feel good about that? It's an ESPN game. Yeah, it's mean, an afternoon game. Look, when anytime you're playing playing, you know, at Lavelle, it's you know, obviously, it's a great home field advantage. You know, there just there's no no if ands or buts about that. But here's my struggle. And again, I feel like this is very fair. I don't feel like I'm being harsh. My struggle oh. is is that I every year every football team deals with injuries. Like we can all agree on that. Whether you're Nick Saban in Alabama, Kirby Smart in, yeah, in I Georgia, like B, I feel like, like BYU consistently deals with yeah, but what more I'm, and more injuries every single year, and it's every year I feel like the I feel like the 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 numbers go up. But then, and I agree with that. And so when we talk about guys like Puka, and we talk about your key contributors, even when they're on the field, they're not getting the ball. Kalani straight up, we played a bite yesterday, and I think it's still if you want to play it. We played a bite yesterday where Kalani's talking about, you know, the offense, you know, needing to be more efficient, and and they didn't get Puka the ball one time. How is that even possible? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, couldn't, didn't get Puka the ball, you know, so that's frustrating. And so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, when you only have 40, what, how many plays do we have total? 46? <laughs> that's, that's not going to do it. And so part of that is defense get off the field and offense get first downs and keep drives going um, and, and just get more efficient football from our team. As I think what Notre Dame did was, was right. Own the clock, you know, be balanced, run the ball, throw the ball, and um, that's, that's what we should be doing. Yeah, I mean, the frustration is amazing. Like, you just yeah. don't – I mean, he's an emotional guy. He runs hot on a regular basis, but – I just don't – I can't recall the last time I've seen him that frustrated. And, you know, it just – it's disappointing to me 
that here we are uh, on October 12th or whatever today is, and you, you're still dealing with these these talking points. Yeah. These are training camp, you know, talking points that we're we're dealing with on BYU, not executing, <laughs> not being efficient, injuries. Like, yes. It's incredibly frustrating. And I, I don't know if you just don't have the right guys in the right place. I don't know if you don't have the right coaching staff. I don't know, but... And we'll talk to Harris LaChance presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza coming up at 8.30. We'll ask him that. I Like, I just feel like this team is too talented to be struggling like this. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. By the way, though, I do want to point out um, that Jake is a complete jerk. Okay? Like, I... and. I think we we've known this, but every day Jake makes a thumbnail for this show. Right, uh, and a, I do my a, best. I a do graphic, my best. Yeah. A, it's a graphic that goes on Facebook and and Twitter and YouTube to tell people and let them know what we're talking about. You know, I I said to him, "Hey, the headline today is what's wrong with BYU football?" Okay, all right, little buddy. Here's okay. a, here's the thumbnail. What? <laughs> <laughs> This is the original thumbnail that Jake came up with for the show today. Hey, look at me. That is one of the worst thumbnails. Well, actually, it's one of the best thumbnails I've ever seen that I have ever bore witness to. Just me coming through, man. Just me doing me, you know? Now, notice as a, as a, as a compassionate man. Right. You have empathy. I did not use that thumbnail. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. That's pretty amazing. Bro. <laughs> that picture. Note the Utah player behind him. Just look at the Utah player behind him, dude. <laughs> That's a, that, that, that picture is savage. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. Parfing Chicken says that's just cruel. <laughs> it is one of the most amazing pictures. I mean... Honest to God, if you're not, if you if you're the most ardent BYU supporter, this makes you laugh, right? Yes, yes, yes. Right, this makes you. It feels like this. This is like some weird, awful worst case scenario. You entered a level three yard in Chino, right? And you're like, oh God, like Uh-oh. this is this is a. That's one. I mean, you, you know see what happened was. Uh-huh. That's one of the greatest photos ever. That's what that is. Uh, 87 reminds me of Marty Bennett for some reason. A Marty Bennett blast. 87. Look at him. Look at him. This I miss the rivalry so much. Like that 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 picture right there is exactly why we need the Holy War every single every single time. Every year. Every year. Mike Maple says, morning, guys. That was a bad night. Yes, it was. Uh, Boyd Lake says, that photo embodies the thrill of victory in the agony of prison. Oh, he said defeat. <laughs> the agony of defeat. It really does. That photo. My God. I mean, come on. That's brutal. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, rivalry, rivalry week used to be uh, my seasonal depression. It was awesome. Yes. Yes. Mike Chase, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, he says, morning, fellas. The run game, in my opinion, is what's wrong with BYU, and they don't have the killer attitude. Well, but I, I think the problem with that is is that I felt like you ran the, the ball really effectively against Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, I just think you didn't – You didn't. <laughs> the play calling was a bigger issue than the run game. The, okay. The, this, the, this comment to me is, is awesome. I think it perfectly embodies one of the biggest problems from uh, the big picture with the program, which is – 
this is not a killer program from the standpoint of they're not coming out to end you every single week. They would rather no, win by true. a touchdown and be classy and treat the media well. That's what this program would be. And, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. That's fine for BYU as an independent. Totally fine. Big 12, that's a problem. You need to go out there and end people in the Big 12 if you have any hope to win that conference. So this is the Kalani's two nice Yes, thing. absolutely. This is, this is Idaho State last year punching you in the face, and you did nothing about it. That's what this is. Okay. I mean – I, 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 that's, that's valid. I'm with you on that. Provo uh, Cougar fan says Mike Chase spot on. Don't see much help from the OC or the DC. Um, yeah. Kurt Meyer says, good morning. Teddy Wayman. What's up? Uh, Kurt Meyer says, Jake BYU will come back in the second half and make it close. I'm sure they will every single week. Yeah. Casual. Every <laughs> week. <laughs> Hola Billy says only one thing I have faith in anymore is that all of my favorite teams will let me down. Well, wow. Well, I, well, is he wow. wrong? Is he wrong? Is he wrong? I don't know who your favorite teams are. Who are your are. favorite teams? Yeah, uh, Hola Billy. Who Good are your Lord. favorite teams, bro? Listen, and I, I, I think everybody knows this. I'm a fan of the, the holy, my R&We Chicago Bears. And uh, they let me down every week. Yeah, the double doink. Um, Notre Dame, probably too soon, but I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. They let me down every week. Uh, I'm a huge Chicago Blackhawk fan, Cubs, Bulls. Um, I mean, Chelsea Football Club. Oh, like, the Chicago Fire. No, Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no. It's really despicable. No, I'm not. Uh, let's see. Gabe Rasmussen says Puka dropped. Some to be fair. Well, he dropped the one that he needed. That's to also catch. that's also fair, Gabe. You I'm know. with you on that. Yeah. Boyd Lake says, I just don't want to see Tyler Batty dropping back in the coverage. That's getting too cute and it happens on offense too. Well, and I think Tyler did a great job getting after the quarterback. You know, like I, I think he did a great job. Yeah. So I don't I don't I, I agree with that hundred percent. Lopes fan Gabe, good morning to you. Neville ninety three, what's up? Uh, Cam Harrison says, good morning, guys. I missed the soundbite. Shout out to uh, Mo Bamba. Where, where is that? I have that. Let me find that real quick. You know. Yeah, I mean, he, Jake bro, used to I play drops. Bro, I have like 13 you know. pages of drops here, We bro. used to have Shout fun. out to Mo Bamba. We used to have fun. Shout out to Mo Bamba. This show. Instead, Jake's just so, you know, focused Shout on making thumbnails like I this. really don't care if you think it's us. The look on his face. <laughs> Oh, man, that's amazing. Uh, all right, 622 in the morning. <sighs> Good morning, friends. Yeah. Uh, here on the Monty Show, the biggest stories in sports are presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you find Quick Quack Car Wash no matter where you are, Arizona, Utah, you name it. Quick Quack Car Wash is the best solution for your car wash. I'm telling you, it's a good time. Take the kids. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe in Arizona, absolutely go to Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, you know, open the shade for the sunroof so people can look out and now, see all the different colors. To be clear, don't open the sunroof itself. You know, just, you know, just clearing that I, up. I think we covered that yesterday. Well, I'm just Thank making you. sure. Thank you. Just making sure. Um, roll all the windows up, close the physical sunroof <laughs> and, uh, watch all the lights. Uh, and again, the thing I always say is I like good people. The local owners at Quick Quack Car Wash are all sm small business entrepreneurs. Uh, love that. Love that their people are friendly. Quick Quack Car Wash brings you the biggest stories in sports uh, every morning right here on the Monty Show. Right now, today, it is uh, Wednesday, October 12th. And real quick, before we get to Draymond Green, I think we probably ought to point out that the line has actually shifted yeah. 
and that uh, Arkansas is now a two-point favorite mm-hmm. uh, on BYU. So does that change your mind? Is, no, not like, really. Or excuse me, no. No, excuse me. Okay, excuse me. again I, now. I got so this wrong. So money's coming in. No, I got this wrong. I got this wrong. Um, it should say that Arkansas is a two-point underdog. Okay, got now. it. Got it. Okay. It was four. It is now two. So Arkansas is a four-point dog. Now they're a two-point dog. Yes. So the, okay. the, the line is moving towards Arkansas. Yeah. Um, like right now today, do you, do you have a, any idea, score prediction? Because don't forget, we're off on Friday. Yeah. So we'll give you locks tomorrow. But Yeah, you know, I, I hmm. yeah, I don't have faith in this team in big games. I have to, I mean, that's just as bluntly as I can say it. I, I they, they haven't shown a propensity to win big games. You didn't beat Oregon. You didn't beat BYU. What makes me think that you're going to beat Arkansas? Because it's not just that you're home at Lavelle, right? Like yeah. is is the Arkansas game gonna feel like the Baylor game? I you know is it gonna feel? Are is BYU just gonna come out and control this game and finally step into who we who we thought they were? Maybe maybe that does happen. I I, I don't know, but I'm just saying to this point, I, I don't have a ton of faith right now. Wow. Okay. That's fine. Um, speaking of not having a lot of faith, Holabilly's favorite teams are the Wild. That's pathetic. Uh, the Utes, Jazz, and Pats, they were good, but now they suck, and I'm a Dodger fan. So, wait, you're a front runner. Pats and Dodgers? How, do you be- how does that even happen? How are like, you a Pats like, and Dodger what? fan? You're a front runner. Uh, he said, but apart from 2020, they make my heart ache. Well, not last night. Thanks to Mike Clevenger, your heart didn't ache. The Dodgers beat the Padres. Uh, Slam Diego just can't win in L.A. <coughs> I mean, you know. Mr. Spider Tack, though, by the way, pitched pretty well for the Yankees. Am I the only one that's super stoked about the playoffs? Like, um, I, I, I sat on this show yesterday and I evangelized for Major League Baseball um, and talked no, about how amazing not. the playoffs are. You said the playoffs are. sucked. No, I did not. Yes, you did. No, I did not. I never said that. I said they weren't the best playoffs, uh, but I was um, excited to see my guy, Anthony Rizzo, jack it deep, you know. Into the second deck, you know, you like said jacket deep. Yeah, no, I said jacket deep. Uh, I was, you know, like I was into it. Yeah. And I'm watching the, I'm watching the uh, whales vaginas take on the doyars. Yeah. And this guy texts me. He's like, oh, the, the NHL on ESPN is amazing. Um, like, um, the graphics are good. The video is um, crispy. The, the, you know, the sound sounds good. Uh-huh. Like the NHL is amazing. No, we don't have to deal with sound issues like we do on Amazon or like we do with the Utes or with the Jazz or, you know. Says the guy who sat here yesterday. He's like, oh, baseball's number one for me. Yeah, I was flipping I back mean, and forth. Baseball's like, fucking off the hook here, man. It I is. Mean, it's like, wow, do you but see how big Slam his bat Diego's is? But when Slam getting slapped I mean, in the fourth, I'm going to turn on hockey. Look at his balls. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you know. And you're watching opening night hockey. With yes, by on the way, ESPN. I, I watch quite a bit of that as well. Uh, but are you kidding me that you're not even watching? I did watch a decent part of the San Diego game, right? But they were losing. Well, no, get it right. It was the Dodger game last night. It was not the San Having Diego. Having fun is the name of the game. How are you watching? This ridiculous. Uh, Holabilly says, I have family from Boston and Los Angeles. My first NFL and MLB games were Dodgers and Pats. Okay. I don't believe you. I don't believe. Well, I mean, he's not a front runner. He's a fan of the Minnesota Wild who never win anything. I mean, so, you know, I'm kidding. 
Hello, Billy. I'm just having fun with you. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, I think BYU beat themselves almost uh, almost every week. They do. I would agree. Barfing Chicken says, no windows down is good. Take a shower in your car. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know. Uh, surprised uh, to see the lack of seniors on BYU, but their best have been leaving after their junior year the last couple of seasons. Well, and I also think that I also think that when you're a senior at BYU, you're about 37 years old. So yeah. your your earning days are numbered. Yeah. Your career is already short, but if you serve a, a mission, I mean, you lose two of the best years of your football career. So I think that's why you're seeing that. But listen, I, I don't think maturity or experience is a problem for BYU. It is, it is mentality. Yeah. It is an issue with mentality. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, the other biggest story in sports this morning is – uh, we need to get to this Draymond Green situation with the Warriors because there are a few things that I get fired up about. Right. But this situation with Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors is ridiculous at right. this point. We've talked a lot about this. I don't want to get into the merits of Draymond's punch, or, but let's call this what it is. Yeah. Draymond Green co- committed an egregious workplace violence, assault, he punched Jordan Poole in the face. Yeah. And as punishment, there will be no punishment. You heard me right. There will be no suspension. There will be no missed games. Draymond Green will return to the Golden State Warriors today. He will be on the floor for them Friday night, and he will be part of the ring ceremony when they open the season a week from now. And I cannot believe it. This is beyond comprehension in my mind that the Golden State Warriors are not going to discipline Draymond Green in any way, shape, or form. I think it's terrible. I think that this is absolutely a free ticket for Draymond Green to continue to act out, continue to be violent with his teammates. I think this is a, a blight on the face of the Golden State Warriors. Apparently, Steve Kerr only has morals um, You know, when it's not guys missing games or workplace violence, which apparently he's fine with unless he's sitting up on a dais calling, you know, for gun control and crying. But if, hey, if you're just going to punch a guy in the face and, you know, knock him down, I'm fine with that. That's what this is. Steve Kerr is a, is a massive hypocrite this morning because they are not going to suspend Draymond Green. And Jake, I think the NBA needs to step in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the NBA has a responsibility to step in. Like, regard, like even before all this sound bites we're going to play for you here in a minute, like, even before Steve Kerr said what he said, the NBA had a responsibility to step in. And I think that, yeah, I mean, at a minimum, I, I mean, I, I was expecting, you know, what, five to seven games at least. I mean, you know, you, I mean, I, I don't think you can push it past 10 games, certainly, but five to seven felt pretty, pretty, you know, just in my opinion. And, and as far as the fine is concerned, what, what bothers me about the fine portion is they're not going to disclose it. They're they're You know, Steve said yesterday that they're, you know, he's not going to talk about it, but that they did fine him, which tells me that, you know, you're worried about like the fact that you didn't find him a lot of money. <laughs> That's what that, because like if you'd find him, let's just use some ridiculous number. Let's say you find the guy 100 Gs for punching him in the face, even though that never would happen. But let's just say you did. Then I feel like they would talk about that, right? Because then they would want to set the precedent that, yeah, we took his money from him on some level, you know, and that's kind of what we feel like is a just punishment. But to to not disclose the fine, 
to not suspend him. And frankly, on the suspension front, the bigger issue is is that you've allowed Draymond to be like, yeah, I'm going to step away from the team, um, and I'm you know I'm going to you know rectify this situation by by me taking personal accountability and stepping away from the team. To me, that puts the Golden State Warriors as an organization in a really you know, bad spot because you're not dictating the situation. So that's what I think is the problem here. Yeah, let's play this Steve Kerr sound. And, you know, I, I just, I, this is shocking to me. Like I, I am truly, yeah, I, I am, I am, I just don't even know what you say. Let's go back to what he, what Steve Kerr originally said about Draymond Green. We've had those discussions uh, with individuals, with the team, and those discussions will stay private um, as long as nobody leaks those conversations. Draymond indicated that he is not going to be with the team for a while. Is that his choice or is that a team choice? Mutual, mutual decision based on everything that's happened and discussions, uh, you know, behind the scenes. Is, is trust in any way compromised already or is, are you nearing that or where are you with that? No comment. So no comment on whether he trusts him or not. That was two days ago. And at that time, remember, that felt pretty blunt out of Steve Kerr. I felt like, hey, saying no comment says everything you need to say. Hey, yeah, I don't trust Draymond Green. He just didn't want to say it like that. And then yesterday, Steve Kerr said this. He is going to come back to practice on Thursday. Um, he's been fined. He will not be suspended. I expect him to play Friday in our last preseason game and, and on opening night. Um, we have spent the last week in deep discussions with all of our key figures in the organization, including Jordan and and Draymond, of course, um, Steph, all of our, our players, Bob, myself. And I can tell you there have been uh, a lot of conversations, individual one-on-one -on -one discussions, um, players-only discussions, um, Everything that you can think of, all the different combinations that are possible in a, to have in a conversation, we've we've had them. It's been an exhaustive uh, process. Um, we feel like we have a great feel for our team. You know, we've got uh, a lot of continuity on this team. So Bob and I know our players extremely well. And we feel like this is the best way after assessing everything for us to move forward. Um, it's never easy. No matter what decision you make in a situation like this, um, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, this is the biggest crisis that we've ever had um, since I've been coach here. It's really serious stuff. This is the biggest crisis we've had here. It's really serious stuff. So we're not going to punish Draymond at all because of that. That's what you just said. Yeah. This is the most serious crisis we've had here. So we're not going to suspend Draymond at all. Yeah. He'll be back with the team. He'll be on the floor Friday night to close out the preseason. And the media is speculating, and I think justifiably so, that they want Draymond Green to be part of their championship celebration. Texas me. That they don't feel like it would be appropriate to have a guy that's been a foundational piece of their club and their organization for this entire era of, of Golden State Warrior basketball. Yeah. To miss their championship celebration, to which I say he punched him in the face. And I'll drop that motherfucker. How is this? I am outraged and I am rarely like upset about things. 
This is really upsetting to me. We have a culture of violence and acceptable violence in this country. And part of that narrative is Steve Kerr is sat up on the dais as the head coach of the Golden State Warriors at times in tears about violence and incidents of violence in workplaces. And yet here you are with your own guy in your own house committing egregious workplace violence and you're fine with it and I know you're fine with it because you're not going to suspend him and you're not going to punish Draymond Green and you didn't even announce the amount of the fine because God forbid we would know that you find him like the cost of a candy bar. <coughs> this is ridiculous to me. That you, as a guy, Steve Kerr, who claimed to have an incredibly strong moral compass, just said, I'm fine with you committing violence in my workplace. It's really despicable. I don't get it. I don't understand it. For an organization that has been a gold standard in professional sports, to allow this to happen is unbelievable. This is an uncharacteristically awful misstep for the Golden State Warriors. Hey, if this was the Phoenix Suns, okay, I could totally get that. If this was one of the worst organizations, if this was the Washington Commanders, I could totally get that. Yeah. But this is the Golden State Warriors. This is the Lakeups. This is this is Steve Kerr. This is Bob Myers. And apparently they've been frauds the entire time Thanks. because they're going to do nothing about Draymond Green punching a an employee of the Golden State Warriors in the face in their in their building. They're going to do absolutely nothing about it and I I just think it smacks of hypocrisy. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. You know, I I I mean as I've said, you know, in our conversations over the course of this week, like I I I mean he needs to be suspended. I I just there's no way around that. I mean, even if we were Honest to God, even if we had to have a conversation about the fact that the suspension wasn't good enough, at least you suspended him. You know, like if they had suspended him two games, let's say, that would feel light to me, but at least you suspended him. You know, then we can have a conversation about, okay, yeah, you do have morals. You did suspend him. I understand that's what you thought was right. Maybe I disagree with it, but okay, that feels a little better. You have a culture of accountability, which is why you suspended Draymond Green for 30 days. You Winning is not yeah. nearly as important as feeling protected and safe when you come to work. Facts. Right? Like These are all things. It's stunning to me. It, it, it is and it's I absolutely think, stunning to and me. And I think this other piece that we have here of sound, where he's talking about, where Steve Kerr's talking about Jordan Poole. Because one thing that they're leaning on here is that Jordan Poole is, they're playing Jordan Poole off as like this mature guy who yeah. is like moving on. And I feel like they're almost justifying that low key for not suspending Draymond Green. He's an incredibly mature young guy. Um, I think we've seen that on the basketball side with his work ethic and his ability to work through, uh, you know, his rough rookie season and go to the G league bubble and do everything to get where he is now. It, it takes a lot more than just talent. So this is a pretty special young guy. Um, and, you know, it, it was already reported after the incident, he worked out for another hour on a shot, um, came out, whatever it was a couple nights later and, you know, scored 15 straight points at one point. I think just, you know, he's, he's, he's cool. Like he, not, not much phases him. And now he's got a blank check, Jordan Poole. 
Because what you've done here is you said, and what this feels like is you paid him off. Yeah. You paid him off totally. so that he wouldn't sue. He wouldn't make a big deal out of this. He wouldn't. That's what this feels like. It is an unbelievable misstep by the Golden State Warriors. And it's an unbelievable misstep by a guy that I believe to be a very high character in Steve Kerr. And it feels like Steve Kerr is doing what every other politician does, which is, hey, when it suits me, I'm going to stand on my moral high ground. Oh, it doesn't suit me? Oh, well, I'm going to justify workplace violence. Y'all feel me? I mean, that's what this is. And again, I just cannot believe that this is who Steve Kerr is. I, I cannot believe it. Like you're, I, I don't know. Are you putting, are you putting wins above doing the right thing? I, I, I don't know. Like well, I, my I question am, is, is what, what kind of position is Steve Kerr in? Because as the head coach and, and up until this point, Steve Kerr has been the guy, right? The, the, the coach, like obviously works very closely with the front office. Yeah. Like they have a great thing going. Steve yes. Kerr's got a lot of power. But now it feels like it's either Steve because it, it's one of two things. Either Steve Kerr is is you know compromising on his morals and doing exactly what you just talked about, like what every other politician does, or something's been dictated to Steve Kerr. But we'll never know the difference, and that's the problem here. I feel like even though they were talking about this, that there isn't really much transparency about how the process went down. That's great. You had conversations. Cool. I can have conversations. Neat. What was the process of coming to this decision? He only, basically, Steve Kerr intimated yesterday that their process was talking to players, having some conversations, and that Jordan Poole is a mature kid. That was the process. And that he hopes that that they've built enough trust in the community and with the media that, that we'll just trust that their judgment is, you know, is good and... And that their culture is able to to handle this, even though he also said their culture has been really damaged. Like, yeah. you know, like he, he, I agree with you. He is going, he's doing this whole back and forth thing, both sides of the he, fence type he's, thing. He's playing the convenient role here as we talk about Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors deciding not to suspend Draymond Green. Um, he will be back with the team Friday night on the floor playing in their, fi their final preseason game. He will be taking part in their championship ceremony on opening night. Um, and I am absolutely floored by it. I cannot believe that the Golden State Warriors are not going to suspend Draymond Green for this. I Yeah. And my question is, should the NBA step in and suspend Draymond? And I don't see how they don't. I mean, you have, I think in a league where we talk so much about culture and where you've had players at the front of, of rallies and, and marches. And we've talked about the, the, you know, this league has consistently talked about the, the violence in our culture these days to allow a guy to commit this level of violence is unthinkable on tape. If this was in a game Draymond Green would be facing a lengthy suspension. But because it was at practice, there's no suspension. Like it, it just make there's no way to justify this. There is, and if you have a justification for it, I'd love to hear it. Because I don't, I cannot think of a of a reason or a justification not to take significant action against Draymond Green. Even from a basketball perspective, he's older, he's up for a contract, he is clearly not playing at the same level he has previously played at. It would have been the thing the right thing to do would have been to cut him on the spot. Yeah. That would have been the right thing to do. 
okay, you don't want to cut him, great. Suspend him for 30 days. Suspend him for a month. Yeah. Right? Again, Ime Yudoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, suspended an entire season for having an affair with a with a female employee and and using gratuitous, vulgar language with female employees. And who issued that suspension? Wick Grosbeck, the owner of the team. The the Boston Celtics took that action. Yeah. Draymond Green punched a guy in the face on tape. Whether it was leaked or not, it doesn't matter. It's out there. He punched a guy in the face, and there's no discipline? Nope. What discipline has he faced? No. I mean, this is unbelievable to me. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, let's get your comments in here. Um, oh, boy, there are, uh, there are bots. The boss. See, there are bots is, in the chat, Jake. Yeah, this is what happens, you know? There are bots in the chat again, and now I'm going to have to get Cray Cray and report them as pornography or sexually explicit material. Yep. Daggummit. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Okay, we're back on track. All right. Um, Provo Cougar says, if it were the Chicago Bears... Thank you. The Bears do suck. That is is very true. Hullabilly says, they don't want to extend both of them, and it looks like Draymond could uh, be their choice. I... You're taking Jordan Poole over Draymond. Yeah, you're Draymond. not taking Draymond over Jordan Poole. You know, I, yeah. I, you know. Uh, Boyd Lake says, what's your take on the theory this assault was a code red action sanctioned by some admin or coaching staff? I don't believe that for a second. What the hell does that even mean? It basically means that Jordan Poole needed to be corrected and people in the organization were fine um, with Draymond Green punching him in the face. No, I think what they're fine with is that it is Draymond so Draymond gets more leash on these things than anyone else on the team because Draymond's always been undersized tweener guy that's got to punch people in the face to get something done in the league. That's yeah. that's who he's been. And so I I think the thing here that's at play is not that the coaches are okay with him punching someone in the face, but what they but what they're trying to trying to do here is they're basically trying to say yeah, we have culture, and our team is great, and everyone's fine, and Jordan's moving on, so it's not a big deal. And it's like, bro, you're you're completely missing the point here, which is it doesn't matter if you have good culture and Jordan's moving on. That's not We're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that you've allowed someone to punch someone in the face and done nothing about it. And yeah, saying you find him but then refusing to say how much is absolutely ridiculous. That's yeah. just not going to work. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says the NBA should just give Poole the cash. Draymond is fine. Th- okay, sure. Boyd Lake says Kerr is a fraud. Mike Maple says, is is it that surprising when most of the outrage after the video came out was who leaked this? The league is full of hypocrites. They, I mean, clearly, clearly that I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, Boyd says they're all about uh, stopping violence everywhere but in their own house, Bush League. Uh, Eric in Raleigh says, why does Steve Kerr treating Draymond and Jordan Poole like adults make him a fraud? He didn't treat them like adults. He didn't treat them like adults. He treated them like two kids in school that were fighting. And those kids in school got a stiffer suspension. Okay, little Jimmy, let's go down. Me? Let's go down to the principal Bob Myers' office and let's talk to Bob about you know how we're how we're going to adjudicate this. Okay, all right, Come cool. On. We can shake hands. No suspensions. Let's move on. Yeah, that's what we're doing here. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, "Man, Steve Kerr sounds like a politician." He does. I mean, a hundred. Like, there's one more in there, and we don't have to play the whole thing. They asked him yesterday, so. 
at the end of the first one we played, he talks about how, hey, this is a huge crisis, right? And this is like real serious stuff. And then there's one right here. The follow-up question to that was, hey, is the crisis over? There's work. I mean, we, you know, we take great pride in um, what we've built here. Um, you know, the, the continuity, the, the, um, the culture, um, and there's no way around it. That, that culture has been um, damaged. Um, by this incident and so you have to work to repair that you have to find that vibe again every day um, the beauty of of this game and what what our team has been about is finding that joy um, in the game but also within the team with the relationships um, with uh, the goal with the collective um, in mind it's when it's right like it was last year uh, like it's been many times you can feel it and when it's wrong, and you guys have watched us, there have been some times where it has been wrong. Yeah, it's been wrong. Great, cool. What are you going to do to fix that? Not suspend him. I, I just, I'm so... What was I, the question, Steve? The question was, is the crisis over? That is this situation that you say is real serious stuff and damaging to your culture? Is it over? Notice he never answers the question, right? What's the answer? Well, there's work to be done and, you know, like. Yep. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, you know the difference between gun violence and this type of violence between Draymond and Poole, right, Monty? No, it's called workplace violence. Yeah. And what, what happens is we know that these kind of things escalate. You've just said to Draymond Green, you got a free pass for being violent in the workplace. I, I, I see no difference. I, I, it's violence in the workplace. So to me, I, I agree with that a hundred percent, but I think one of the problems we really face as sports fans and, and really just people is that somehow we've gotten to a place where punching someone in the face at a cubicle in your office job gets like you fired from a job, but because it's Draymond in a practice facility playing basketball, he's not going to get fired or cut as you know, cut obviously in basketball is the word you use. Like, do you see how it's the same thing, but because it's two different settings, it's treated differently? That's and the problem. Eric, what are you talking about? Actually, what actually happened is Jordan Poole told them to let it go. Who cares what Jordan Poole wants? Who cares? Draymond Green's your employee. He committed a violent act against another one of your employees. I don't care if that employee doesn't want to press charges. I, as, a, as an owner of a company, I cannot have violence in the workplace. With all due I, respect. I would have cut him. Yes. I've said this repeatedly. Draymond Green would no longer be on my team and likely would have no no longer have an NBA career. I'd have cut him. Winning is not a, a, a nearly as important as having a safe, protected work environment. How, how on earth are we just going to let this go? I don't understand this. This is no different than Ron Artest. This is no different than all of these other guys who have committed violent acts against other people. Yet Draymond Green will get no penalty for that. I, I just don't get it. I I really don't understand it. I I am I, whatever. I and Eric, I know that you're a I know that you are a, a warrior fan. I totally get that. And we'll come back to this at 7.15. I, I just, I, I am amazed that we are in a place where everybody's like, oh yeah, 
you know, Draymond Green punched, you know, punched him in the face and it's fine. Let's all eat Papa Murphy's pizza. And when you order Papa Murphy's pizza, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to save 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. <laughs> that was so well done. <laughs> it's what I do. What do you want? Like, this is what we do. You know, I pitch to segments like Draymond Green punches people in the face. Yeah. I'm so pissed about that. Like, I, I... It's bothersome. It's absolutely bothersome. Speaking of bothersome, uh, Oregon uniforms are usually bothersome. But finally, we have an Oregon uniform that I can get on board with. Look at this Oregon uniform. Yeah. This is spectacular. What do you mean, yeah? You hated this uniform. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great uniform. We'll see what it looks like on the field. I'm not sold on it yet. I, this is their breast cancer awareness awareness uniform. The initiative is obviously awesome. I mean, I you know obviously the initiative goes without saying, but Bro, the this, uniform itself, we'll see. We'll see. You really don't like this uniform. It's yeah. It's it's. I don't like. What I have a problem with here is this whole yellow thing that they have going on here with the, the yellow light. light on the side. If okay. you'd have just done black and pink, I'd have been like, bam. Like, black with hot pink on it is really tough to beat, and I'm not even being facetious. Like, that uniform, in the in the light of day, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I don't know if they're playing it day or, or night or whatever, but if they're playing in sunlight, I'm sure that uniform will look incredible. You know, I love it. I'm all in. I am a hundo P all in on it. They're wearing cleats that have bright yellow bottoms with this, if I remember. No, right, they're wearing so. cleats that have bright pink bottoms. Dude, I... I I I love this this uniform. I think it's spectacular. I'm a huge fan of critiquing uniforms. And yeah. when I think across college football, if I say who's got the best uniform, Notre Dame. On a regular basis, it's crispy, it's clean. And whatever that tribal thing they rolled out this weekend at the Shamrock Series, I was not enamored with that. I actually yeah. thought it sucked. Yeah. But you can't beat the Golden Dome. The green... Notre Dame jersey is crispy as hell. Yeah. Um, I think you look across the, the, the game of college football, Oregon's not usually in the fire uniform category, in my opinion. No, Oregon is known for having loud uniforms. Some Multiple. of them are great. Some of Multiple. them suck. Yeah, I would agree. Mo most of them suck. Yeah. But I, I love this uniform. Obviously, again, the cause is amazing. The only complaint I have is go all in. Everything should be pink. The Pac-12 patch, like... Everything should be yeah. pink. No green, no yellow. Black and pink is fire. Yes. I think as we are all well aware, 100%. I, I yeah. love, love, love that uniform. Um, Hullabilly says that uniform is atrocious with all due respect. <laughs> really? Damn. He said, just kidding, I'm a hater. Uh, Jeff Johnson says that uniform is terrible. Uh, better than BYU's helmet reveal. No, nothing will ever be better than that. Um, you know, yeah, for double standard on my favorite player, Steve Kerr, yes. Hullabilly says Notre Dame's uniforms are atrocious. Uh, stop. Why? What from a guy from a guy that's a fan of the Minnesota Wild, you're gonna call somebody else's uniform atrocious. Yeah. Best uniform in all of sports. Best uniform Yankee yeah. pinstripes. Get the You know, I gave you a chance to redeem yourself. The best uniform in all of sports is not Yankee pinstripes. Okay. It is very, very clearly DI9, the number nine at Hendrick Motorsports. The... 
Okay, that's just me being <laughs> egregious again. Um, I think the best uniform in all of sports. The Yankees have to be up there. I think the Cubs have to be up there. Yeah. The Dodgers have to be up there. What about in the NBA? Best NBA uh, uniform? I mean, obviously, the Celtics, the Lakers, you know, the Bulls. Um, the Jazz yellows? No. Well, I do the Jazz have yellows? Because I don't, you know, I, I'm not real sure about, like, you know, if those even exist anymore, but... No, the jazz yellows are not there. I do think wow. the purple mountain one could be there, though, for sure. I think that that's you know that's one of the best retros. Yeah, significantly. I mean, yeah. NFL best NFL uniform. Uh, yeah, the Chicago the Chicago Bears orange. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. Um, that's tough, dude. Got Dallas Cowboys got to be there. But we're not the Raiders but silver iconic, and black. Okay, so iconic versus best is different to me. Oh, I think the the Cowboys traditional, you know, blue white. Star on the helmet, like that's crispy. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about that. I mean, uh, but like to me, when I think NFL teams that have iconic or great uniforms that you know and love, the Giants have nice ones. The giant blue uniform, very nice. Cowboys. Uh, I even think the the OG white and orange Browns uni is nice. Like I like, I I actually personally I love the powder blues that the Chargers roll out. Yes, yes. Not see now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, you know. The North Carolina basketball uniform. Yes. Okay, when I watch North Carolina play basketball, I just look at the shoe game in that building. It's oh. ridiculous what they're able to get. Come on. Oh, I agree with that. MI Jazz fan says that Benton Oilers. Yes. Yes. Best uniform in the NHL. Well, hockey sweaters are the ridiculous. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, Come the, on. Who it, are we they're kidding? They're the best, yeah. But by the way, did anybody see the LA Kings helmets last night? They were chrome yeah, silver. Terrible. Nah, I'm good. Terrible. Nah, I'm good. Terrible. All right, speaking of uh, awesome, how about the uh, TV numbers uh, for week six? Man, you can barely read that. Uh, BYU did $2.5 million uh, with Notre Dame. Utah, UCLA did $2.65 million. BYU remains one of the top TV audiences aggregate on the season. Any surprise in that? No, not at all. I, I think... The one thing you're always going to have with BYU is a really strong following, and I think that when I look around those those college football viewership numbers, I the whole the UCLA game getting that kind of viewership backs up exactly what I've been saying about the Big Ten situation, which is that UCLA going to the Big Ten is only going to help that school and help them make more money, and that's why I think George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the pack, looks like an ass. Now, as far as BYU is concerned, Looks like an he ass. does. You're going to sit here and say that going to the Big Ten is not going to make them more money. They're definitely going to make more money, man. Like this is not in this is not a discussion. Yeah, I don't disagree with it. Wow. Well, okay. But I mean, George Klyovkov did math on the back of an envelope, man. Yeah, back of the envelope com- com- calculations. I wonder if he wrote Monty Twenty Five on the back of that envelope. Nine one one. What's your emergency? something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, we've traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. Yes, use the promo Papa code MONTY25 to get your Jacko pizza. By the way, Shit. by the way, and I need to, I need to ISO up on Jake okay, here because he is, going to, he is going to issue an apology um, for what he did on this show yesterday. Go right ahead, Jake. I'm not sure what you're referencing. Not sure what you're referencing here. Are you really going to do this now? Yeah. 
You agreed you would apologize so that, that that you slapped our listeners in the face. What are you talking about? Wow. Yesterday was National Sausage Pizza Day, and Jake didn't tell me. <laughs> and he is the guy that is in charge of the, hey, what national day is it? <clears throat> and yesterday was National Sausage Pizza Day. And it feels like a kick in the groinio region that you would not bring that up on the show. So again, as we talked about previously, let me go ahead and ISO up so that you can make your your retraction for not bringing up National oh. Sausage Pizza Day because we all are aware that sausage is the best pizza. So go ahead and look right into that camera and tell everybody that you're you're pathetically apologizing for screwing us out of sausage pizza. I doubt that. No, I'm not doing it. Wow. I'm not doing it. Everybody knows that sausage pizza is the best pizza. It's undefeated. Like, I mean, it, it, it. look, I get the triple pap. I understand it. Yeah. I wanted, I would have wanted sausage pizza yesterday. Uh-huh. My wife's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me not a vegetarian most days. Are we clear on that? You know, um, and we could have had a sausage Jacko pizza yesterday. I want it. But no. Well, you robbed me of that Listen, man, obesity. I'm only one person, okay? Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 when you order your pizza at Papa Murphy's. Look, my jazz fan, nothing like a spicy sausage on pizza, sliced Italian sausage. I'm well, saying. you know, I know that we have I'm a lot saying. of sausage connoisseurs on the show, so, you know. Are you not a sausage? You're not really a sausage fan. No. No. You're not? No. Not a big meat guy on pizzas. I'll do a little Canadian bacon. Wow, oh, ham, you know. Wow, I am absolutely a sausage on pizza guy. You give me some sausage, mushroom, and onion, forget it. Oh, dear. oh my! Every day, ever <laughs> warm, cold. I'm going in right off the smoker, right out of the fridge, right out of the micro. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yep. Give me that fire and fury. Give me that Papa Murphy's pizza. Yep. Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Can you imagine sausage? Barbecue sauce, mozzarella, hmm. mushroom onion. Dude, dude, you know. Lopes Van Gabe says, come on, Jake, take a minute to apologize to absolutely no one. <laughs> See, we used to play drops on okay, the show. Okay, I don't play that drop anymore because it gets copyright claimed. What do you want me to do? Oh, that's right. I can't even play it. That's right. It gets copyright claimed. Yeah. What a jerk for copyright claiming that. Yeah. Uh, margarita is the best pizza. See, now, Hullabilly, finally. I'm a big fan pizza. of margarita pizza. Yeah. Super good. I am a big fan. All right. 702. Are we going to go back to Draymond yeah, here so, so people can get yeah. all upset? Are, are people still pissed about Draymond and what we said? Or, um, you know, what we got? Monty in the Morning presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, guys, I tell you every day when you need a, an injury attorney, you get in an accident, you get hit while you're riding your bicycle. Um, which again happened uh, yesterday. There was a bad bike accident here in Salt Lake. Like when stuff like that happens and you get hit by a distracted driver, you get hurt at work. Make sure you get to utahadvocates.com. You can chat with them online for free right now at utahadvocates.com. And when I say for free, the best part about working with the advocates is they're going to help you with your money. They're going to help you defer your medical bills. They're not going to ask for some ridiculously huge retainer. In fact, there is no retainer. There are no consultation fees. You do not pay the advocates until they win your case. Get them online right now, utahadvocates.com. Uh, we're talking about Draymond Green this morning because 
The Golden State Warriors are not going to suspend Draymond Green. Um, Draymond Green will be back with the team Friday for their uh, preseason finale. Draymond Green will be at the championship ring ceremony on opening night. Yeah. And Steve Kerr says, you know, hey, we just got together and made a decision. He is going to come back to practice on Thursday. Um, he's been fined. He will not be suspended. I expect him to play Friday in our last preseason game and, and on opening night. Um, we have spent the last week in deep discussions with all of our key figures in the organization, including Jordan and and Draymond, of course, um, Steph, all of our, our players, Bob, myself. And I can tell you there have been uh, a lot of conversations, individual one-on-one -on -one discussions, um, players-only discussions, um, everything that you can think of, all the different combinations that are possible in a, to have in a conversation. We've, we've had them. It's been an exhaustive uh, process. Um, we feel like we have a great feel for our team. You know, we've got uh, a lot of continuity on this team. So Bob and I know our players extremely well. And we feel like this is the best way after assessing everything for us to move forward. Um, it's never easy, no matter what decision you make in a situation like this, um, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, this is the biggest crisis that we've ever had um, since I've been coach here. It's really serious stuff. Yeah, Steve Kerr, I, I, I just, I find myself incredibly disappointed with Steve Kerr this morning. And Eric and Raleigh, as, uh, as I said, a noted um, Golden State Warrior fan, just going off about how, um, like Eric says, so Jake uh, says the Warriors should uh, bend to the public and not do what's best for the team based on what the player says. Because it's not about what the player says. This is what you're not understanding, my guy. Like, I'm, I don't mean this in any type of disrespectful way to you, but you're missing the train here. It's not about what Jordan Poole says. Yeah, sure, is it a positive for the club that maybe he's, you know, moving on from this and he's working hard and he's doing everything he can do? Absolutely, that's great. I, I You know, that's 100% an ideal situation. That said, if... The idea that the organization is is putting Steve Kerr on a dais to say this stuff and they're not suspending Draymond Green is an, is egg on your face. It's embarrassing. It's unacceptable. It's not good enough. Well, like, and the other thing that I, I would say here is where where is Joe Lacob? Where where are the the where is Bob Myers? Where how is Steve Kerr the only one talking about this? How is Steve Kerr the only one making that announcement? It's ridiculous. This is supposedly, according to Steve Kerr, supposedly the biggest issue they've ever had. He used at the, the word Warriors, crisis, right? Like he bro. said, this is the biggest crisis we've ever had. Yeah. And the owner's not going to talk about the final decision. The GM's not going to talk about the final decision. I couldn't give a rat's ass what Jordan Poole wanted to happen. I want to know what Bob Myers and what Joe Lacob have to say about this. Those are the faces of the team. Yeah. It, it is It is crazy to me that you can find an avenue to defend the Warriors taking no action against Draymond Green. I, we took an indefinite suspension or an indefinite leave and turned that into two days away from the team and he'll be... He'll play on Friday night, and we'll have him at the championship ceremony. Like it, it was almost as if it was a formality. It wasn't even like, and, and and this whole concept of of like you know, you know, putting what Jordan Poole wants first is not 
Like, that's not the way you handle these things. Like, again, the organization has standards that it should be holding its players to. Like, yeah, notice, I... that, notice that everything's been fine and dandy with this club when everything's going great. As soon as someone pops off and punches someone in practice, which admittedly happens all the time in sports, been around fights in, in when I played baseball, like, it, it happens. It's just a fact of life in sports. You have a bunch of passionate dudes. Yeah. In a small confined room every single day. It I agree, it happens. But that doesn't mean that not suspending Draymond is okay. Yes, you understand fights in football practice are gonna happen. That guy is gonna get sent home for the day. He's then gonna get suspended and he's gonna get fined. And by the way, football players know that's happening or going to happen to them, and they still do it because they don't care. But the point is, is there's consequences for your actions unless you're Draymond Green apparently for the Golden State Warriors and unless you play for the Golden State Warriors who have routinely allowed Steve Kerr to talk about gun violence and I agree are, that this that part of it is rough and have talked about workplace violence and are housed in the city of San Francisco like the hypocrisy in this is disgusting it is ugly and it is unthinkably bad that you are going to take no, even Eric and Raleigh are, because he seems to be the only one defending Draymond and the Warriors on this, no punishment at all. No punishment at all. So you're, None. So you're okay with your club, the Golden State Warriors, because we know you're a big Bay Area guy. You're okay with them, you know, basically fostering an environment of workplace violence. Because that's just, what you're doing. Like, I know that that's, that sounds harsh, but this is a harsh situation. Well, and Jeremy Bolton makes a great point. You know Draymond is going to do this again at some point and someplace before he retires. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It, it's just who that dude is, right? And this is why earlier I said, you know, days ago when we talked about this, are you telling me Jordan Poole didn't know that this was coming if you're going to shove Draymond? But no one's going to disrespect me. But the Warriors know this who this guy is. You turn this dude loose, man. Yeah. When you when you when you don't punish him at all, there's no consequence at all. The dust up. I I I can't I can't believe it. I just can't I I just can't believe it. Richard McDonald says a lot of people excusing this behavior have never experienced violence either first or second hand. When you have only seen it in movies and TV, you don't understand what it's really like. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, Kenai Johnson said, remember when uh, Gilbert Arenas brought guns in the locker room because he had a beef with another player on the team? That was the end of the world. But we are, but no guns. So apparently the line is no guns, but you can knock a dude out. No, no punishment. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, that dude, come on. I, I, I don't know, man. This is, this is crazy to me that we are still that, that I, are we really justifying what Draymond Green did here and justifying how the Warriors handled this? Where is the NBA on this? Where is Mr. Wokeass himself, Adam Silver? Yeah. Where is he? Like, it, it, he has been remarkably silent. Well, he's been in Japan, and I don't care. I feel like what everyone's saying here is, oh, this was practice, so it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Draymond punched someone in practice. Like, that's going to happen. You know, that happens all the time. Not a big deal. Like, that's what I feel like is happening. Yeah, I, I I don't know. And I usually don't get on this train, but Jumpman, no surprise coming from the Wokies, do as I say, not as I do. 
that comment's justified today. It's because that's what the Warriors are doing. Yeah. I don't I don't like the accusatory, oh, you're woke, oh, woke, whatever. Today, that comment's justified with how the Golden State Warriors handled this. It's it's just Yeah, man. It's just disgusting to me. You know, I I just Oh, and Hola Billy, you're exactly right. It's probably happened before just this time someone oh, recorded. No it. doubt about it. No doubt about it that this has happened before. And what you're seeing now is we are seeing more and more and more cases where somebody's got a phone in their hand and something happening on a screen and they are record. I can't remember what the other recording was where, it, you know, like you're just seeing Tyree kill. Oh no. On tape. You know what it was? It was uh Kanye West and Fox news. Oh yeah. That interview mm -hmm. with Tucker Carlson where, and if you didn't hear about that, Kanye West sat down with Tucker Carlson for this interview and we, we, there was nothing really spectacular in it. Right. Well, that is until one of the producers for Tucker Carlson was upset at the way the interview was cut. So they recorded the parts that they cut out off of a screen on their phone and released it, like sent it to the media. And now we all see that again, here we are with, with, with Kanye West, more anti-Semitic comments, more comments about how he told Tucker Carlson that they put fake people as his children in his home. And all this crazy stuff that Fox cut out and employees at Fox recorded it off of a screen and released it. Yeah. You're seeing this more and more and more. It's harder to hide, you know, when Kanye says something or Draymond punches somebody or Tyree Kill or Ray Rice or when it's on tape, there's no getting away from it. Unless you're Draymond Green and you work for the Golden State Warriors and then they don't care about violence in their workplace. They have... The Golden State Warriors are telling you today that it's fine to commit violent acts in their practice facility. Richie Incognito. We're yeah, we're good with it. Yeah, Richie, come on over, man. Why don't you you know be a bench coach, teach us how to be violent in our facility? Because that, that's what you're doing. In all seriousness, you are telling people you are fine with workplace violence as long the, as you win games. That's the message you're sending. Yeah. Oh, you're 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 punching people in the face. All right, cool. That's part of our culture here in Golden State. That's what, do you understand that that's the message you're sending? And I, I, I am completely shocked by it. Absolutely shocked by it. Tom Basilius says fights in practice happen. The leak video probably upset players more than the punch. I don't even disagree with that. Again, again, it's really important. We're all on the same page about this. We're not having a conversation about, a, uh, about the fact that someone punched another person in the face in the practice setting. That happens all the time, whether you know about it or not. Covering sports, you know for a fact it happens and it never sees the light of day. Not what we're talking about, though. What we're talking about is it did see the light of day. We're talking about your organization does look like trash today. We're talking about Steve Kerr, you are a hypocrite. You are a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do guy, as, as the commenter said. Like, I just, am I, am I making too much out of this? I feel like I, I don't get outraged very often. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't get upset about things very I. I feel like we've seen it all in sports. I am stunned the NBA has not done anything about this. I am shocked. Well, and you know what's going to happen. The Golden it's, State Warriors haven't done anything about they're this. They're going to let this cook for a couple days. The league office, they'll let it cook for a couple days and see what the public reaction is. And if the public reaction continues to be negative and continues to build and continue in the cycle continues. I don't know. Is it? Is, it, is the public reaction negative? I don't feel like it is. I feel like we just are. I feel like most people, what most people's reaction is, is, oh, Draymond punched someone in practice. Yeah, that's going to happen. But 
Probably not that big of a deal. Yep. Brady Cook says, what about Devontae Adams shoving the cameraman after the game when they lost on Sunday? Yeah. But here's the problem with that. That that situation to me is slightly different in in in, in concept because there's another angle of footage that basically shows that that guy at the last second just ran out in front of Devontae and Devontae never saw him. And, and so to me... The Devontae thing is not as big of a deal. Should he have shoved the guy? No, he shouldn't have shoved the guy. Absolutely not. And and hey, you know, the you know, profootballtalk.com says that the league office is going to shift to, you know, the Devontae issue today and we'll get a ruling or whatever. But it, it's like, like these guys that run on the field, this cat that ran on the field against Bobby Wagner, um, you know, now says he has a concussion and this is all setting up to 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 file a lawsuit and we have no repercussions anymore for people's actions. You know, like we just have no, we had Draymond Green punched a guy in the face on video and there's no punishment for it. Yeah. I can't believe it. Like at what point do we turn away from this? What do you say to your kids about this? If your kid's an NBA fan and he has any ability at all electronically, he's seen this Draymond Green punch. Yeah, you know what you say to your kid in this situation because there's no discipline? Yeah, you better be Steph Curry, not Jordan Poole. That's yeah. what you say to your kid. I, seriously. I, in all seriousness. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, uh, again, and, and Steve mentioned it yesterday. He talked a lot about how Steph is working hard and, you know, trying to make sure that this team is, is good and in the right place and all that great nonsense coach talk. But I'm being serious. In these sports settings... If you're not Steph Curry or Klay Thompson on that basketball team, you are very punchable. There is no way, no how, never going to happen that Draymond is punching Steph Curry in the face. That's not happening. No, and I think when you talk to your kids about this, you got to tell them, look, you know, if you're going to get online and look at this content, at least go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty before you do that. I mean, because that way you can help yourself grow and scale into, you know, a tycoon of day trading. If it's me you want to talk to, perhaps we can arrange a meet. You know, um, trydaytrading.com slash Monty <laughs> is where you should go to get off the hamster wheel of side hustles. Yeah. I know you're trying. I know, again, yesterday I was talking to a guy yesterday morning um, who was telling me all about the fact that, that you know, he resells um, cameras that he finds. Like he was asking us, Jake and I were filming some stuff yesterday. He was asking us about GoPros and that he fixes GoPros and he, he makes 35 bucks every time he fixes a GoPro. And it's like, yeah, that's a cool side hustle, man. But I don't want to make 35 bucks and I don't want to work three jobs. I want to work one job and I want to scale it into an absolute monster. And that's what you can do with day trading. Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And I, I cannot say enough that, again, this is a local company. Ryan and the guys have been in business for well over a decade now. They're in Lehigh. They're good dudes to do business with. And they can change your life today. You don't have to keep thinking about, well, how am I going to get more chips for my vending machine? How am I going to do X, Y, Z? Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty and understand what day trading is. Understand why the IRS is now facilitating tax programs for day trading because so many people have discovered that day trading is a way to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and feed your family, pay your mortgage, go on that vacation that you've always wanted to go on. Your neighbor went to Disneyland. You couldn't afford it. Well, you can afford it because you're a day trader now. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Register for the free webinar. That's all I'm asking you to do. 
Go and register and watch Triday Trading's free webinar, tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Register, watch it, then make a decision. And listen, if it's not for you, I get that. But stop hesitating and stop saying that you might or you maybe or this weekend or, you know what, when I get some time tonight, do it right now. It is. It takes 10 minutes. Go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty and watch the webinar. It's free. And trust me when I say it will change your life. What do you always say? It's $273 yeah, a day. Yeah, $100,000 over the course of 365 days is $273 a day. You're telling me you can't make that? Come on. Come on now. And the case studies that, I mean, they have thousands of students that have gone through their program. And the best part is when you're done with their program, you don't trade your money, you trade their money. Your first day trades will be with TridayTrading.com's money. And if you make money with it, they split the profit 50-50 with you. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Let's get a couple more comments in here on Draymond Green. Um, Desert Viking Russell. Desert Viking Russ Anderson. Hashtag Desert Viking Russ. Okay. We get it. Okay. You're a Desert Viking. Right, right. Uh, the NBA is a disaster. Well, there you go. Uh, NY Jazz fan says the scales of judgment are not equal and never have been. Draymond treated how he was because he is also the donkey on Shrek. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he is a star. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Tom Basilius says, Devontae upsets me more than Draymond. Devontae is going to have to lawyer up over that move. Perhaps. Perhaps. I mean, that guy also again, filed a police report. What's the difference? Devontae dealing with the public versus dealing with another player on his team. Yep. Boyd Lake says most media outlets are upset about the leak. I don't care about the leak. I, I, I absolutely do not care about the leak. Um, Boyd Lake says the other problem is it's a pattern with Draymond Green. I agree with that. Brady Cook says, um, oh, I read that one already. My, my bad. My Jazz fan says 100% Brady uh, Boyd Lake, and I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I can't believe no one is talking about Caruso lighting up the, the NBA on fire in the preseason. I mean, let's just give him the MVP now. Like I voted for him to be MVP I say, already. I'm just fired up to be here today. How about that meme where Alex Caruso, of course, doing what he does, playing unbelievable defense, steals the ball, runs down the court, gets into the paint and a Bulls fan turns around and raises his arms up. <laughs> does the Steph Curry, doesn't even look at it, just yep. puts his arms up while Caruso dunks it. Hey, man, you know what? And and the best part about this this war with, um, wow, what was that flashing on your phone? My Jeez. email just going ham. Um, the best part about battling Jeremy Bolton over Alex Caruso is Alex Caruso just gives you every single night a dive on the floor. He gives you a dunk. He'll hit a big three. Yeah. And then you won't hear from him for a week. And then he'll do it all over again. Yep. And then he'll be mediocre, like two of 69 from three. Yeah. And Jeremy will slap back, and then I'll just send him memes. It's what yes, we do. Yes, you did. Yes, it's, you did. It's what we do, you know. Uh, Desert Viking Russell Anderson says, day trade and never punch coworkers in the face. That's right. Exactly right. Exactly what right. Now? Let me tell you what now. Harris, uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, Harris today or not? Nah? Yeah, absolutely, Harris today. I talked to him last night. Talked to him last night. Absolutely. 8.30. 8.30, Harris Lachance will join the show. Um, and I appreciate you, uh, I appreciate you zipping that, zipping that over because, uh, you know, I actually right now, as we're speaking, just sent Harris Lachance the link to, to join the, the link. Show. Yeah. It's exciting. You know, Harris will be good today. Um, Harris is always good. Yeah. He's always good. And I think that, yeah, this, this stuff around BYU is just, I, I just get tired. I just want them to execute, man. Yeah. 
I would agree. Uh, Craig, uh, Craig talks says play calling and game clock management. Those two go together. They do. Um, let's see. Tom Basilius says any chance of having a Ute on the show, sir, we have tried. See, why do you do this? Why immensely? Tom? Why do you, why poke the bear? Why? Uh, we have worked hard. We've tried to get Tavion Thomas. We have tried to get all kinds of dudes. Um, and they just don't make that possible. The Utes have no NIL presence whatsoever. And then they're upset None. that NIL exists. And uh, you know, the funny thing is about NIL at Utah is that Britton Covey started an NIL movement. Like he got guys deals. He goes to the league and nobody picked the ball up and nobody kept going. And the, the, the best part is, is that they don't seem to care. It doesn't seem to be an issue, but yet, yeah. um, you know, I was talking to Greg Hawkins about this the other day. Our, our good friend Greg Hawkins, yeah, who is so upset about it as a as a passionate supporter of the Utes, it's unthinkable. And and we had a really, it was a difficult conversation yesterday about Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, like hearing Kyle Whittingham talking about, um, you know the the lack of NIL and does he want NIL and will there be NIL and yeah, I don't think that Kyle Whittingham wants NIL. I don't think he embraces it. I don't think he likes the transfer portal. I just don't think that's what Kyle Whittingham's about. Yeah. And I think one of two things is going to happen. And, and somebody said to me yesterday on, on DM, hey, maybe this is Kyle Whittingham putting, you know, shooting over the bow and saying, hey, we need NIL help. That absolutely could be. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Totally. Maybe that's Kyle Whittingham taking a shot at administration. I don't know. But what I do know is it hurts recruiting. It hurts revenue generation. You you plain and simply look at Built Bar and BYU and the money that Built Bar is pumping into BYU, paying walk-ons, paying their scholarships. Like you, the Cougar Tail Bar from, from Built Bar, a, a good person. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we wake you up? Dude, mock me about it. My bad. It's a <laughs> You know, sleepy dwarf over there. Uh, the point is, that BYU is running circles around Utah and NIL. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know how you explain it. And it, we can sit here and talk a bunch of trash about, oh, well, Silicon Slopes is all about BYU. Yeah, that could be true. It is. You're telling me there's not one major co corporation that would like to be an NIL partner with, with Utah? Are you telling me there's not one major booster that works in a, in a corporate environment? Are you telling me that there's not one local company that wants to get on board and pay the scholarships for walk-on players at Utah? Come on now. We all know that's not true, but for some reason, the job's not getting done. Yeah. And so we sit here and Harris Lachance is going to join the show in an hour presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. That's an NIL deal. They, you look at BYU, and again, you're probably tired of hearing me talk about Coog Connect. KoogConnect.com. For $10 at KoogConnect.com, you can subscribe to their service, get exclusive BYU content. That money goes back to the players. Thanks. But how is there not a, a, a UteConnect.com? How is there not somebody, and trust me when I say, the guys at KoogConnect work their asses off. They partner with the players. They form a relationship with the players. Like they support the players at BYU. That's not Built Bar. Mm -hmm. That's not part of a deal maybe that, sometimes goes back to the player. You look at what guys at Coog Connect do, the money largely goes back to the player. You look at Clark Barrington's t-shirt. You look at Cody Epps making rap songs. Like, yeah. how is that not happening at Utah? 
There's no collective. Like I, I DM'd with Isaac Asiata a couple of, of months ago now. And I am amazed that he's like, yeah, I can try. An alumni that it lives locally, yeah, I can try. Like, there's no pipeline. There's yeah. no there's no structure. common sense. Yeah, I, I don't. I could go on and on about it. I just feel like Utah deserves better, man. Hundred percent. You know, I yeah. I yeah, and it's absolutely hurting them in recruiting, as you said. And I think that you know, I I it's going to go one of two ways. I mean, at some point with NIL, it's going to get to a place where Utah is just not a very good football team. You know, and that's not a reality. I think any of us want. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know, man. It, it's crazy. Uh, punk philosopher. Yeah, by the way, there's this today. Now everybody is catching up on the show. By the way, if uh, you're watching the show right now, please give us a thumbs up and a like. It helps the show uh, immensely. And uh, NYJS fan says, people on chat, is there something I don't know about clicking the like button? I don't understand how we listen to this and comment, but don't hit the like button. That's what I'm saying, yo. Yeah, man. Come on can, now. can we get to, Come on now. you know, can we get nine, 89 likes right now from everybody yeah. that's watching let's, the just, show? It's not that hard. Just hit it. You know, let's. it, it really does help the channel grow. And uh, we appreciate that big time. It, it, it helps. Um, it absolutely helps when you guys hit the like button. It just, yeah. Because it, it kicks it into the algorithm and more people watch the show, whatever. Anyway, yeah, you know. My point is, right. um, then Jake woke up this morning, and you know that Jake makes the uh, Jake makes the thumbnails on the show. Yeah, and I'm really good at it. I'm the best as I've ever been. Like, we get that. We understand that, right? Today, you know, one of the things we're talking about today on the show is BYU football. Right. And, hey, you know, like, BYU is, um, you know, a two-point favorite against, you know, Arkansas on Saturday, and we were like, okay, well, you know, we got a bunch of sound and whatnot. Let's title the show today, What's Wrong with BYU? Go ahead and make the thumbnail, Jake. This is <laughs> this was his original thumbnail. This is the one he was like, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, hey, I just airdropped you the thumbnail, you know. Apologize to that man. Go ahead, go ahead and load it up. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, this is the thumbnail that Jake wanted to use today. How now, of fun course, is the name of the game. Now, of course, we didn't use that thumbnail. <laughs> but, I mean, much to your credit, that, it, that could arguably be the greatest thumbnail ever oh, created. Oh, oh, my. That could be the greatest <laughs> thumbnail. <laughs> if nothing else, as a BYU fan, tell me this does not make you laugh. That is some <laughs> funny stuff. <laughs> Just the look on his face is amazing. Yeah, dude. It's pure pain. <laughs> it is pure pain. Uh, oh my God, that is amazing. Um, Hullabilly says, what a great thumbnail. Um, Tom Basilius says, should he use Jake's OG one? <laughs> uh, Coach Sataki on that thumbnail. Is he really? Is he on that thumbnail? No, he's not. Where is he on that thumbnail? I don't see him. You know. Uh, anyway, the point is, yeah. it is a great thumbnail. Yeah. It, it, and you have to laugh at it. You have to laugh at it. Boyd Lake says, you should get the one of Bronco and Suspender Boy. That's a good one, too. Oh, boy. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Bronco and Suspender Boy. Oh, yes. 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 Jeremy Bolton says, why are you the the way you, you are, Jake, with that thumbnail? <laughs> I really don't care if you think it's us. I, admittedly, admittedly, I dropped Jake quite a bit as a baby on his head. Right. Some shit happened. You know, he's not the most intelligent bro ever. But, right. I mean, you know. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you got to do some things. Why are you the way that you are, Jake, with that thumbnail? What do you want me to say? I mean, you know. 
That why motherfucker you, don't miss. miss why are you the way you are, Jake? Because, because you know, I, I I'm just trying to create some quality conversations and whatnot on the show. I don't understand that the biggest stories in sports. Oh, the biggest stories in sports this morning, presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. And let's uh, let's get to it. Um, what is wrong with BYU football? What is wrong with BYU football? Because I think that is a that is a big talking point. Um, you know, you 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 have a lot of ways you could go with that. I think most certainly when you ask the question, what is wrong with BYU football? Most people uh, are going to point to Coach Tuiaki and and talk about the things that he says and does. For instance, and like third down. The third downs was really as we we came away with it without even looking at the tape. Uh, knew right away that um, that was that was an issue of ours. In order, to, you know, coming off the field, there was um, tried several different things. You know, um, thought about several different things as far as the schemes, maybe things that we could have done differently. But uh, felt like if we would have executed, uh, it would have gave us a, given us a better shot. Well, uh, I mean, and, and this is the thing that, that I think gets Tuiaki in some trouble is that he says things like, well, we thought about doing some things. And, you know, if we had done some things, we would have had a better result. And I think that, I, well, yeah, I think that frustrates BYU fans because I actually think this defense has played to a pretty consistent level. Now, are they at their peak? I don't think they are. You know, like I, I'm looking at performances out of guys like Tyler Batty who is getting after the quarterback and you're seeing him in the backfield and he's, he, you know, he's routinely hitting the quarterback and, you know, I see that, you know, you, you listen to coach, listen to coach Tuiaki here, talk about a, a guy in Gabe Summers who we've talked about a lot on this show. And I think Gabe Summers is a critical performer on that defensive line, but listen to what Tuiaki says here. Uh, Gabe Summers is going, I mean, he's, he's, he tore his PCL um, and he's just battling, you know, he's, He's, uh, he's got issues that he's dealing with, but he's it's not anything that he – I mean, it's just really just pain tolerance, and he's a tough kid, and so he's give us, given us everything that he's got. I mean, you have the spirit. You have the guys. You have the talent. But why play rush three, drop eight? Like, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. With with the Bywaters and the Tulis of the world, why are you not blitzing? The philosophy, the, the conversation – it changes every year. I think a lot of it really has to do with uh, uh, who are your players, who you're working with, what are they good at, what are they best at, um, how much how much are you willing to sacrifice, and what part of the game um, you know are we at? I mean, all, all that all that stuff comes into play. And so, the the pres pressures and all that stuff, we carry pressures every single week. We use them every single week. Um, and some teams, we just we prefer to. Uh, to play more coverage than we do than we do pressure, we feel like coverage pressure is what we call it <laughs> is is better than uh, than uh, blitzing and leaving your coverage guys out there to dry. And so it just it it all it all just kind of depends on on what's what's going on at that time with who you've got and who's playing. Yeah, and I, I think that that he's a guy in Tuiaki that it, he's somebody to me that that he takes a lot of heat. I I hate. I hate rush three and drop eight pisses me off. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and what I hate, what he said there was like, yeah, our defensive philosophy depends on, you know, the strength of our players and, you know, where we're at in the game and what the what the down and yardage is. And, and it's like, yeah, obviously, but the problem that you can't get away from here, Coach, is that every defensive coordinator 
is dealing with those things. That's football. Like, I, I, is it? Is it? Am I being you know unrealistic or too harsh by saying I would expect a guy who's been the DC at BYU for how long now to to be able to to handle yardage and knowing his players and stuff? Like, I don't think that's too much to ask. That's his job. And to me, it, it I feel like he's not putting his guys in the best position possible. You, you really tell me that Max Tooley or Ben Bywater or, or any of these guys in the linebacking core are not athlete enough to get by defensive linemen. You're really trying to sell me that package yeah, right now. So why you don't blitz that. more? Come I don't on. buy that. I, on, I really don't. I, I really don't buy that. You know, and it, it is. Yeah. James Griffin says uh, joining lady. Have you already talked about the tweet from Rick Neuheisel about Oregon and Washington to the big 10? No, but it is coming up. Uh, in 15 minutes on Football 50, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Yes, Rick Neuheisel did comment on um, Washington and Oregon to the Big Ten. We'll have that coming up. Uh, Boyd Lake says, I constantly hear, got to see the tape from these guys. Dude, you were there. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and listen, I think, I think, hey, we got to watch film, we got to watch tape, is an easy way to say I don't want to talk about this. Or... That is today's no comment. That's just simply what they say. But yeah, I understand why that would frustrate But what did you. he say there when he was talking about third down? He said, we didn't even need to see the tape. We knew third down was a problem. The third downs was really as we, we came away with it without even looking at the tape. Uh, knew right away that um, that was that was an issue of ours. In order to, you know, coming off the field, there was, um, tried several different things, you know, um, thought about several different things as far as the schemes, maybe things that we could have done differently. But I uh, felt like if we would have executed, uh, it would have us a, given us a better shot. So, wait, let me get this right. Do you need to watch the tape or you don't need to watch the tape? You see what I'm getting at uh, here, man. Come on. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's one of those things where it. that's why I said I think that's a convenient answer as we talk BYU football on the Monty Show uh, presented by the advocates, utahadvocates.com. I, I, I just think, listen, when you look at what Tuiaki's saying there. The frustrating part is, hey, we don't have the athletes to get after the quarterback. That's why we drop. I disagree with that. But again, I'm not a coach. I'm not watching the film. I'm not at practice. I'm not at the games. Like, I'm not evaluating these players. My defensive scheme would never, I, on this defense, I would not be in dime almost ever. And that way, you know, obviously, depending on the opponent, right? okay, I get that. With this group of talent, I would be blitzing more. I would be scheming more. I'd be disguising more. I think when you know that you're struggling to get pressure on the quarterback and you have the kind of athlete you have in the secondary now where you've taken this big step up, I would be pressuring the quarterback more. I'd be looking for more turnovers. You look at it, you know, the Maximus in the pick six train, like yes. turn that guy loose in the in the middle of the field. Force your guys, you know, Get Ben Bywater and, and Tyler Batty twisting and stunting. You know, run a blitz behind a twist and let's see if we can get home. You know, like that to me is the stuff that you have to do on a more consistent basis. Yeah. And I think we expected that when Kalani Sataki's your head coach, but we're not getting that. Yeah, and I think what it says, because you're not doing it, it says you don't trust your corners. It says you don't trust your man, man-to-man -man coverage guys to get the job done and buy you four seconds. That's what it says. Well, and the hard part is when you look at how Notre Dame won that game, I mean, they were 2-1 to one in time of possession. I mean, it, I believe it was 40 minutes to 19 minutes uh, in time of possession, and that's because they consistently were able to run the football, and you're averaging over five yards a carry. And, you know, like, I mean, Audric Estime broke your back with that long run, but it's because Drew Pine – 
was able to throw more comfortably because you couldn't stop the run consistently. Yeah. They were able to. And the other thing that is mind numbing to me is that number 87 or Michael Meyer or Mike Meyer <laughs> or, or the tight end. It's Michael Mayer. And he absolutely crushed your soul in the first half. But why was that? Because you ran zone against Michael Mayer. You didn't. And, and again, this is the question about athletes. Well, I see a guy in Ben Bywater. I see a guy in Micah Harper who I thought did a really nice job in the second half manning up on Michael Mayer. Right, but but it took a halftime adjustment, which to his credit, hey, Tuiaki adjusted at half, went from zone to man, and and took Mayer out of it largely out of the offense in the second half, which is really important. But the struggle is, you knew who this guy was coming in, yeah. And but it does beg the question: What is the level of preparation in the coaching staff? Yeah. It is 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 Tuiaki and his defensive, you know. Assistants, are they preparing the correct way to go up against a guy like Michael Mayer? I, you're if I because if I'm looking at this game and if I'm preparing to take on Notre Dame, and granted, I know Notre Dame most better than most people do because I'm a huge fan. There's not a chance in the world that I'm letting Michael Mayer beat me. It's just not going to happen. I'm not letting him get off the line without having a hand fight me. I am not letting him run by a defensive back into a zone. Yeah, it's into not an happening. open window in the defense. It's it's incredibly frustrating uh, to watch that happen. Eight hundred one uh, West Valley says coverage pressure is a scam. It is a scam. Like what? Like uh, it, there's no such thing. Yeah. And with all due respect to Coach Tuiaki, coverage pressure doesn't exist because there is no pressure based on coverage. And what it, I think what he is saying there um, is that you know th that you are hey we're going to cover so well that a guy like Drew Pine's going to make a mistake. But Drew Pine didn't make a mistake. Yeah. Because you're not going to make mistakes when you're able to keep your feet and you're able to move left to right or you roll in the pocket or when you have a massive target. Like, to his credit, Drew Pine put put Michael Mayer in a position where he was the only guy that was going to catch the football even when Ben Bywater was in his jock. He was still making that catch. Like, yeah. That's not coverage pressure. To me, what you have to do is you have to use your athletes. You have to use Maximus. You have to use Peely. You have to use Bywater. You have to use, like, you have good athletes. The Peyton Wilgers of the world can get after that ass, but you're not letting them do that. Yeah. You know, because, again, well, you know, we don't want to get beat because X, Y, well, you got beat anyway. Yeah. You got beat anyway, and do you think that K.J. Jefferson and Arkansas are not watching that tape? Do you think K.J. Jefferson and Arkansas I mean, are not watching the Oregon tape? Because I got news for you. Sam Pittman and Arkansas, they're ready for BYU. I had to go to BYU. Um, I've, me personally, I've never been up there before uh, for a game. I've, I've drove by the stadium, but I never have gone up there for a game and uh, I know our team will be excited to go up there and play. They have a really nice team. Uh, Coach Satake has, has done a very good Satake, excuse me, uh, very good uh, job with they play extremely hard. They've got a really good quarterback, good offensive line, receivers that can win one-on-one -on -one catches and uh, I really like their linebackers on defense, uh, especially like Thule and and I don't want to say his name wrong, uh, P. Lee or P-I-L-I. I like those two guys. They're really good players for them. And and uh, got a solid D line and secondary. It would be a really nice challenge for us. But uh, um, it would be kind of neat to, to go out of conference at this point right before the bye and, and uh, go play. So. 
There you go. Sam Pittman, head coach at Arkansas. Look how much respect he has. Yeah. For Kalani Satake. I mean, Satake. I don't want to say his name wrong. P-I-L-I. Like, he's showing respect. Like, to me, this is going to be a hell of a football game. BYU should win this game. BYU is just as good. They're just as talented. You have a, you have a better quarterback than Arkansas has got. Like, both of them are coming Maybe. off of injuries. Like, Who's the better player when he's hurt? We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Jefferson's coming off of a of a concussion. Yep. Obviously, Jaron's dealing with a shoulder. I mean, listen, but as as Kalani said the other day, there's no more excuses. We don't have time for excuses. We're in the middle of the season. Guys got to go. Yep. And I, I think that's absolutely right. And, I mean, you're looking at this line. More and more people are moving to Arkansas. Yep. You know, that line is now from four and a half down to, to two. I don't think that, that BYU has earned the benefit of the doubt. Like, you haven't earned that, and they need to understand yeah. that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely could be. Uh, let's get some of your comments in here. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, BYU was loading the box against Notre Dame. I witnessed a four-man front a couple of times. See well, what he did there? He, he, loading the box for me. You know. You know. Richard McDonald, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, that Ben don't break does not work against elite offenses because even if they don't kill... Uh, you with the big play, they'll kill you uh, with time of possession. Notre Dame, we absolutely saw that. You can't let a, a, a Notre Dame, a quarterback that's talented enough to start at Notre Dame, stand in the pocket for four seconds. You can't do that. You're going to lose every time. But the other thing you can't do is keep talking about how they lost to Marshall. You know, like what are we hearing this week about Arkansas? Oh, they're on this losing streak. Wait, wait. What does that matter? What does the Marshall game matter for Notre Dame? It doesn't. What, is, what do all these losses mean for Arkansas? They don't mean anything. They're here. They're going to play. You got to beat them on Saturday. You have to beat them two weeks ago when they lost. You have to beat Notre Dame in Vegas last Saturday when they played Marshall. Yeah. Like You have to have some humility as a BYU fan and understand that you owe Arkansas respect because they're giving you respect and they're, off, they're awfully talented. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know, man. I, I will have a lock for you tomorrow. Don't forget, we're off on Friday uh, this week. But, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to have some respect for those cats. You, you have to. Uh, Brady Cook says, also, they kept throwing to the tight end and they couldn't even stop him all game. They limited him very much better. They contained Michael Mayer much better in the second half. But, but I have to agree. Like, any kind of football defensive coordinator who's prepared – knows Michael Mayer is a problem. Absolutely. Like, that's you know, my biggest that's my biggest question about like, Tuiaki is was he aware? Well, I mean, I it, it is I don't think that this is even I don't think that this is even a question anymore. Yeah. It, and it, it, I don't even think it's an inflammatory question anymore. Is Tuiaki and our 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 coach Tuiaki and his assistants prepared well enough for the opponent that they're facing? It doesn't seem that way. It does not seem that way. I mean, again, there didn't really seem to be an answer for Bo Nix running the football up in Autzen. There was not an answer for Michael Mayer, really, in, you know, in the game. Yeah, did you make his life more difficult in the second half? Yeah, but that doesn't mean he didn't, you, didn't, you didn't stop him. So to me, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I If it was me, and, and hey, this is a philosophical thing, totally get it, you know. Like, to me, my philosophy would be, 
I'm going to get the quarterback. And if our coverage can't stand up, then we need to work on that. Yeah. I'm not going to let this guy stand in the pocket for three to four seconds and do what quarterbacks do, move around a little bit, but really not have to panic and be able to spread the football around. I'm not well, doing that. And Norga Coog makes a really good point. We were told this was the best secondary since 96 and could cover one-on-one, and they can. You're just not letting them. I think we've seen, there is no doubt that Gabe Julie Lolly has been a very valuable contributor uh, on the outside for BYU's defense. And I think, again, Micah Harper, um, you know, it's unfortunately you've had injuries up front um, and at the back of this defense as well with Malik Moore. But I think when you look at this defense, they are they are playing better than we all expected them to play. But this drop eight and rush three thing is killing them at times. What you, would, you're never going to cover athletes yeah. the caliber of Arkansas and Notre Dame dropping eight. What would this defense be if they ran a straight-up 4-3? If you ran a 4-3? That's a really interesting question. If you ran a 4-3 with a single high safety, what would this defense be? I'm curious what Max Tooley would be like as a safety. I'm curious. We're never going to know. I mean, I'm it, never going to know what, what, what Lolly can do in coverage because he's never given the chance. And the old saying in sports, and I'm a huge believer in it, put the guy out there, give him the chance to fail. If he fails, he's it, gone. Because it, like, it's not like you're facing Bryce Young. It's not like you're facing yeah, – I mean, pick your poison at quarterback in this country. It's not like you're facing Caleb Williams like Utah is this week. Bo Nix is the best guy you've seen. And what did Bo Nix do? He beat you with his legs, and he scored three more this past weekend. You know, I, I, I just look at a guy like K.J. Jefferson and – you got to make him throw the football. You don't do that by dropping eight, in my opinion. You need to you need to you need to keep him in the box, make him throw the football, and let the Tuleys and the Harpers and the Gabe Judy Lollies make their plays, because I think they've earned that. I think they've shown that they've earned that through their 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 performances. Has you know as Coach Lovren loves to say in in on the show every day. You know, hey, yeah, does Max Tooley use his head too much? Sure he does, but I don't care. He's got two pick sixes and interceptions in three straight games. Like, yep. let the kid make plays. You know, you cannot continue to handicap what you think versus what you see because if you watch this defense, and again, I don't see the coach's tape. I just watch it re repeatedly. I When I watch this defense, I see a bunch of playmakers. I see guys that when they're allowed to cover Michael Meyer, man for man, I see guys like Harper and Bywater in his shirt. And I like that. I see the fact that when you when you let Max Tooley roam, yeah. he finds the football. He is a ball-hawking linebacker. Let him do his job. You know, like you have to at some point have accountability and let people do their jobs. Yeah. And I think that's a huge issue um, at, at BYU because I think the other thing that's happening is um, that you're losing games because you're worried about what might happen instead of winning games because you went and prepared and knew what you were going to see. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a huge issue for BYU. There's just, they're just, there can be no more speculation. Just like you know that Papa Murphy's Pizza is the best pizza in the business. You know that they sponsor Harris Lachance coming up at 8.30, Papa Murphy's. You know that Papa Murphy's presents football at 50, 10 of the hour every hour. Let's talk some Big Ten expansion. Yeah. And the death. The death of the Pac-12. Cue the violin music. <laughs> Suck it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my point is. 
too much? Probably too much. Uh, football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the Papa Murphy's app. Use the promo code MATI25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. Rick Neuheisel. Rick Neuheisel. Formerly Washington Huskies head coach. Formerly uh, the AAF. Formerly of the AAF Football League that failed. Yeah. And UCLA uh, as well. U-C-L-A-A. Uh, Rick Neuheisel went on ESPN and confirmed largely what my sources have been telling you for months. <laughs> that Oregon and Washington are going to the Big Ten. He said, quote, it's all but done. We've talked about this a lot on the show. I think we've talked about the fact that you know, we've been told by TV industry sources that the Big Ten is being quite pragmatic and is doing business very well. They are lining all their ducks up, and it's just a matter now of finalizing details on adding Washington and Oregon to the Big Ten. Rick Neuheisel went on ESPN Radio yesterday and said sources have told him it's all but done that Oregon and Washington are in the Big Ten. Jake, your thoughts on but that? But wait, George, George, whoa, George, let me hear. I'll even pause the music for you. You said that no other team was leaving the Pac-12, and yet here we are. But, Jake, he, he did, you know, some back-of-the-envelope calculations. Back-of-the-envelope calculations on the negative impact on UCLA expenses, travel expenses and just expenses for coaching salaries and other things, just to get to the average Big Ten athletic budget. And, um, you know, we, we think that uh, the incremental money they're going to receive from the Big Ten media rights deal will be more than 100% offset by additional expenses. So you end up taking that money that you earn and it goes to airline and charter companies and coaches and administrators. It doesn't go to supporting the student athletes. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that, man. Rick Neuheisel, connected obviously at Washington and UCLA, says that Oregon and Washington are headed to the Big Ten. Cal and Stanford are are likely to follow. I don't know how much more right we can be. In addition to SC and UCLA. I have a size 15 shoe, which you know what that means. Big socks, baby. Yeah, I think this is a done deal. And again, I just go back to what we had heard about Amazon. Uh, Amazon wanting to do a hard knocks type show featuring Big Ten teams that included NIL money for the kids that appeared in that show. Like... I just think that this makes all the sense in the world. And when you look at UCLA, by the way, the the UCLA, which is the University of California at Los Angeles, the UC system, the education system, the Board of Regents, has every ability to cancel that deal, that move, with UCLA to the Big Ten. But notice they haven't. And why haven't they? Because Cal's probably going to the Big Ten, too. And that means that USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington could be travel partners. They can travel less. They can still play games of consequence. They can all make more money. And all I think, and, and from what I understand, all we're waiting for is, is the Big Ten to make a streaming deal so that the pie does not shrink for the current members of the conference. Correct. I think this that's is not this difficult is, to do. This is all but a done like, deal. Come on. And and again, I will just say, I will just say. That at this point, even though there are more bots in the chat, at this point, I don't see how the 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 Pac-12 is going to survive this. Yeah, I do not, not see, in my opinion, and I I could be wrong about this. I do not see 
how on earth that you are not going to to be able to sustain a conference without a West Coast presence. Yeah. Yeah, I no, mean, I, it, it is. It is. I mean, you would have at that point, you would have four teams left. Yeah, I just. What are you going to do so here? Straightforward to me, and that's why I've just been, and we on this show have been so steadfast about what's happening. It just makes too much sense. Remember, this stuff that they do in college football is not meant to be ultra complicated, right? No, it's like not. it's meant to be simple. A plus B equals the Pac-12 dies type material, and that's what we're seeing. So that's why I say. Back-of-the-envelope calculations are not going to get it done, George. Sorry, they're yeah, not. It's like, not. Come on. This is a no-brainer, and I, I think, again, my question is, if you're the leadership and the 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 you know the thought leaders at Utah, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Yeah. Because I think this is a huge issue. Honest to goodness, I think this is a huge problem. I hope problem. they go to the Big 12, man. That's where they should go. It, again, it makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, you know, I, I think that when we look at the, the smart, pragmatic move here, if I'm the Big 12, because, by the way, the Big 12 is also out for a TV contract now. Yep. I'm, I, I, I am trying to absorb the Arizona schools, Colorado, take it or leave it. If I'm the Big 12, Arizona schools, Utah, and San Diego State. That's what I would do. I mean, the other question is what happens to Oregon State and Washington State? Yeah. Because I think that's a huge question mark. I really think this is a huge question mark. But we'll find out. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Whoa. 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 Seismic, bro. Presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Have you tried your Jacko pizza yet? 911, what's your emergency? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am? We trace the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing! Papa Murphy's. Jacko Pizza. Jacked. Papa Murphy's. It's brilliant. Just take the olives off of it because nobody wants to digest Satan's giblets. Um, and just add sausage because yesterday was National Sausage Pizza Day. Yeah. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. What's uh-huh. today's national days? I don't know. I don't know. 10 of the hour, every hour. It is uh, Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, who will also bring you Harris LaChance coming up at 8.30. Let's get back to Draymond Green real quick uh, because I think this is a huge story around the NBA. Um, what are your thoughts, Jake, on Draymond Green not being suspended by Golden State? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is such a deep issue. You know, it, it's one that that I think challenges a lot of people's opinions on how sports should be adjudicated. I think it there's no difference with what Draymond did to a lot of the other things that happen in sports on a daily basis where you have guys like an NFL practice who fight or do whatever. The problem is, is that it's on tape. And I got news for you, Golden State and, and Steve Kerr. The leak is not the biggest problem here. The biggest problem is that you're not doing anything about it. That's the biggest problem. There is no suspension coming from the Warriors, right? There's no, like they say, they claim they find him. We'll never know if they actually find him, you know? And and so to me, my thought is, is that, is that yeah, this is embarrassing for the, the Warriors. Yeah, Steve Kerr, somebody who has sat on podiums for the last several years and, and talked all about gun violence and all these horrible things happening and we've seen him cry and all that. He's done all that, yet here we are. One of his players punched someone in the face and nothing's going to happen. And to me, it's a bad look for Steve Kerr. To me, it's also from the league office standpoint at the NBA level as a league, 
It's also a really bad look. You can't have this. Again, if it's on tape, you're guilty of it. You know, if it's on tape, there's no getting away from it. And to me, you have to suspend him. I, I mean, I don't understand how we're sitting here. Draymond does this. It's out in the public. And we're more concerned about him being at the ring ceremony and at opening night than making sure that the values and the culture and organization is held up properly. You know, like, That's like, like it's crazy. Like maybe the discipline should be that, yeah, you do miss the ring ceremony, Draymond. Yeah, you get your ring, but you're not going to get the spotlight because you chose to punch someone in the face. Maybe that's the price you pay. So yeah. that's why I have such an issue with this. I don't know, man. I I, I, I guess that the, where I come down on this, and we've talked about this, you know, for a week, going on a week now, I, 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 I really struggle with the lack of accountability in, in this thing. That's my biggest argument. Um. I think I take violence very seriously. I don't believe we write this off because it's, you know, some cartoon world that we live in in professional sports, which I agree with. I think we live in a world where it's not reality when we're talking about the NBA. It, it truly is not. It is not something where, um, you know, you can just write this off to culture and that's it happens all the time. Yeah. Draymond Green walked up to another person and punched that person in the face. And we can't let that go. I just, too many, and and I will play the virtue card. Too many kids watch the NBA. Too many kids respect and look up to Draymond Green. Too many kids care about what the Golden State Warriors do to let this go. And it's why I think it is a shocking, shocking slip of the moral compass. And I want to play this Steve Kerbite for you because I think this really matters um, and I ask you, hang with me here because this is a, a minute and 15 seconds, but listen to Steve Kerr explaining why Draymond Green's not going to be suspended. He is going to come back to practice on Thursday. Um, he's been fined. He will not be suspended. I expect him to play Friday in our last preseason game and, and on opening night. Um, we have spent the last week in deep discussions with all of our key figures in the organization, including Jordan and and Draymond, of course, um, Steph, all of our, our players, Bob, myself. And I can tell you there have been uh, a lot of conversations, individual one-on-one -on -one discussions, um, players-only discussions, um, everything that you can think of, all the different combinations that are possible in a, to have in a conversation. We've, we've had them. It's been an exhaustive uh, process. Um, we feel like we have a great feel for our team. You know, we've got uh, a lot of continuity on this team. So Bob and I know our players extremely well. And we feel like this is the best way after assessing everything for us to move forward. Um, it's never easy, no matter what decision you make in a situation like this, um, it's not gonna be perfect. Uh, this is the biggest crisis that we've ever had um, since I've been coach here. It's really serious stuff. And look, I get that it's serious stuff. I agree it's serious stuff. But if it's such serious stuff, why was no punishment doled out to Draymond Green? That's the hypocrisy that I was talking about. I'm not trying to be inflammatory. I'm not trying to be over the top with it. I just, I find myself sitting here shaking my head for a guy who puts himself off in Steve Kerr, for a guy who puts himself off as one of virtue, as one of moral compass, as, as a guy who talks about violence with guns and you know, like who's been through this in his personal life with his father being murdered. And I mean, all of this stuff that he's talked about and you have somebody in your own building commit a heinous, violent act. 
Would we have ever heard about any of this if the tape hadn't leaked? Because now you go back to the other day and you hear Steve Kerr talking about the tape being leaked and it just it just smacks of hypocrisy to me. Yes. I, I, I guess that's the, the biggest thing for me. Yeah, it's a bad look. And I think that, you know, I, I, I don't know why, like, we're all just sitting here being like, yeah, you know, or, you know, it just, it happened in practice. It happens all the time. Well, yeah, I'm sure it does. But again, just like in the NFL, apparently in the NBA, if a video gets leaked, now you got to do something about it. Yep. And and I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. If the video hadn't gotten leaked, we wouldn't be sitting here. That's just the facts of the matter. But it yep. did get leaked and we are sitting here. How, and the I think the other thing that you have to talk about here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Um, I think the other thing you have to mention here is the Golden State Warriors are very good. The Golden State Warriors are very good. And I think that's why this is such a big deal. Yeah. Because I don't they don't win the championship last year without Draymond Green. I don't think anybody questions that. They don't have the run that they've had without Draymond Green over the last, you know, ten years, let's say. The issue becomes how long of value and how much of a free pass does he get for that? Well, and apparently, apparently it's significant. One. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's what it just bothers me so much because it, I almost feel like because Draymond has been this guy as far as the type of player he is, that it also is adding to the you know acceptance of just giving him a free pass because because I have a problem with them not announcing the fine. As I was saying before, like you should yeah. say, hey, we find him this much. This is what we like. Be explicit and specific about what you did here. He's not going to be suspended. I expect him to play here. And yes, we find him X amount of dollars. So you're running from how much you find him, which tells me you didn't really find him all that much. Yeah, I agree. Harris Lachance coming up in about 25 minutes as we talk BYU and Arkansas uh, with Harris. But uh, talking about Draymond Green now, and again, I think Jeremy's point is well taken. I could see this happening. If this was the first time from Draymond, even though I totally disagree, but this isn't the first time. It's why the NBA is losing fans because of poo like this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree, man. You know, we'll see. I just, I'm amazed by it. Alex Chacon, good morning, says Katie might still be there if not for Draymond. Yeah, I don't know if I buy into that. I don't know if I buy into that. That whole thing, I think Kevin Durant wanted to go and build his own thing to win a championship on his own. Mm -hmm. I think he heard the loud jeers of, of, hey, you're a ring chaser. I'm Kevin Durant. But again, I say, why Why do we care that he chases rings? Aren't you supposed to be chasing rings? Is that a real question? I mean, that's the whole goal. What you want but me to say today? I, I am not the guy that buys into, well, Draymond Green killed. I, I just don't buy it. Yeah. I think it was a good break. He was injured. There was time. And I think they're going to win a championship in Brooklyn this year. So we'll see. Ruff's official, good morning. If a fan yells at a player, they get banned. But when a player assaults another player, nothing happens. Truth. For once, Ruff, I, I agree with you. For once. I, it's just, I can't believe they're not doing anything. Anything. Like, I just can't believe it. Yeah. And I, I can't believe that that the NBA is not going to step in here and do something about it. And, and, you know, I have to say, like, we criticize LeBron a lot for not saying anything. Where's Steph Curry, man? Where are you but at, bro? Where's Joe Lacob, the owner of the team? Where, where is Bob Myers, the general manager of the team? Like, these are the faces of that organization. Steve Kerr is lesser so. Bob Myers and Joe Lacob are well known, and they are guys that routinely talk until something like this happens, and then they don't. Mm. And I, 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 like, you made a huge decision. 
You need to sit up there and take questions. Quiet, quiet. And I, they just, they won't or don't or don't want to. I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, I really. A, it just is, it's it's unacceptable. And, 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 and it will change the way I look at the NBA if Adam Silver does nothing about this. Yeah, I don't know that I could have any other any more level of disappointment than I have about I have about this. I just I can't yeah I can't buy it. I can't believe it. I just can't. I cannot believe it. Um, Tom Basilius says Jordan was notorious for being a bully at practice. Kerr played with Jordan. Maybe that plays into this. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan was notorious. I don't. Face? I've never heard a story about Michael Jordan walking up to a teammate and punching him in the face. Like, Did and he I intimidate again, people. I grew Did up he... in Chicago. I covered that team. I never heard that. Now, was he physical with guys? Yes, he was. Did he ever punch a guy in the face? No, not that I'm aware of. Was he intimidating? Yes. Was he a bully? Absolutely. But I never heard him punching a guy. There are lines, and you don't cross lines. Yeah, I, you know, Kay Nuren says star power and money make up for mistakes. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I I don't know. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is. It is very interesting to me that I mean, if you have money, you can do anything you want to do. I mean, essentially, if we're being honest, like look at look at all the people with money who just do whatever the hell they want. Nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think when you have money, you have decisions to make, and you make decisions that you know impact your life, like going to barbecuepitstop.com uh, to get a sato seasoning. Like that's going to change your life, man. I'm going to do that. Uh, you know, as you should. Uh, Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com, five Utah locations. Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Murray, which is where I shopped. Um, I routinely shop Lehigh and Murray um, because of where I live in South Jordan. Um, but I'm telling you, if you need a smoker, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, you name it. They've got the equipment you need. You need an yes. apron. You need tongs. You need tongs. Any, any, any tongs you need. You need a wing rack to put on your smoker. Tongs they got so it. you can flip all your flats. Do you need... I'm just going to go ahead. What I just Turn say. Turn off your microphone there. Uh, my point is, we don't talk about flats or blue cheese on this show. Are you going to apologize? No. Uh, the point is. It is if I say it is. If you No, it's not, sir. If you need pellets, they've got them. If you need machines, they've got them. But the best part about Barbecue Pit Stop is the dudes. Like, I, you know, I, I know Steve and Lehigh personally. Clinton was a big part of our event. Clinton did a video on smoking a turkey breast for Thanksgiving on their YouTube channel. Find it so at bbqpitstop.com. Order online, bbqpitstop.com. I am telling you now, if you want a game changer, Get the Asado seasoning. Get the Asado seasoning, barbecuepitstop.com. It is absolutely phenomenal on wings. It's phenomenal in soups. It's phenomenal on, on turkey breast. I'm for real. It, you can't go wrong with Asado seasoning. The other thing is, hey, if your wife eats, you know, is, eats less meat, my wife is a vegetarian, they have wing dust and they have this cauliflower batter for cauliflower nuggets and wings. I'm Flipping fantastic. They have it all at Barbecue Pit Stop, and they're good guys to do business with. Uh, we have been to every Barbecue Pit Stop in the state, and I'm telling you, yes, they're amazing dudes. Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball this morning on the show because I think it's pretty interesting that Jared Butler played a pretty significant role in, in the game last night, and I thought this is by far – 
the best performance that I've seen out of Jared Butler. Jake, should the Jazz keep Jared Butler? I mean, should they keep him for now? Is he somebody that's going to turn into some difference maker for this team? Probably not. You know, and 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 again, hey, maybe maybe with the new development staff, maybe that changes his course. Maybe that maybe that turns him into a key six man or a key not a six man, but a key guy off the bench or what you know, whatever the case may be. But but I I, I yeah, should they keep him? No, I wouldn't keep him. Will they keep him for a while? Yeah, probably. You know, I think another big question people are asking right now, you know, for the the people who want to go into full tank mode. You know, are you like last night? Mike Conley doesn't play, right? Mike Conley was out for rest, and you saw the real logic behind tanking, right? Which was, hey, we're we're gonna play all these young guys. They're gonna do the best they can, but we're gonna lose. You know, so for all you people who wanted to tank, you probably really enjoyed last night. But I'm here to say that that whether we're talking Jared Butler, Mike Conley, you know, any of these guys, you have a plethora of picks. You a should plethora. be, a, yeah, you do. Do you not have a Pandora's chest of picks right now? Oh, you have got a flip load of picks. I mean, there's no doubt about a flip load of picks. A flip load, right. Um, you got a shovel full. There's no doubt about that. Uh, look, I, I think it's still head scratching that Mike Conley's on this team, but don't forget you're at 17 contracts right now. You need to cut two. And that's why I bring up Jared Butler. I, I, I don't see any way it makes sense to keep him. I think you're going to have to cut him. Yeah. And I think when you when you look at the other guy is Rudy Gay. Can you make a trade to offload Rudy Gay? You're not going to trade Mike Conley at this point. I I would be if that happened, I'd be surprised by that. I don't I don't but then again, the Boyan Bogdanovich trade is one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Deep it real. Um so I wouldn't put it past them to trade Mike Conley. Uh, perhaps they can get a sleeve of Gatorade cups for the guys on the bench. Fucking A. Uh, you know, I mean, those are of value. Uh, you know. Uh, so let's see what they wind up. I said Donnie, a sleeve please. of like paper Gatorade. Donnie, you're out of your element. You know. Um, <laughs> Come on. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But do you think they're tanking for VW? Man, I really want to say no, they're not tanking. But, you know. It's going to get harder to say that as they lose more games, you know, and and I think that that I think that right now is it currently is constituted having not played a regular season game yet. You know, you are tanking to be a top 10 and picking the draft. I, I mean, I would think, right? Like that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know about VW number one overall, but certainly top 10, certainly in the lottery. So to me, I don't know. I just don't think, I guess my biggest thing with the whole tanking angle has been that it's not necessary for you to go through the pain of tanking. You don't have to do that. Like you can turn this around faster than that by using all that draft capital that you've picked up. And I'm just telling you now, Victor Wambanyama is, excuse me, I'm Victor. sorry, a broken down VW is not your quickest hey way to the top of the NBA. Right. I think when you look at Victor Wambanyama and you look at what he brings to the dance, I think he's a development project because it's cool you're you're dominating 16, 17, 18-year-olds. What's going to happen when you get to a 26-year-old? What's going to happen when you know, you're going head-to-head -head with a Rudy Gobert? What's going to happen when you're going head-to-head -head with a LeBron James? Yes. What's going to happen when you're running up and down the floor with guys who are the size of a Giannis Antetokounmpo? I'm a man! Then what? You know, like you you look at how guys in this league are built. They are not built like VW. There are not seven, four guys 
that are relegated to shooting. They're not. And a lot of those guys wind up getting hurt. You look at Chet Holmgren is a perfect example of this. They're not yeah. that dissimilar. And Chet Holmgren bumps shoulders with LeBron James and winds up breaking a foot. Is this the dagger? If Joe Ingles can tear an ACL or whatever happened to Kawhi Leonard, what do you think is going to happen to Victor Wambanyama? What do you bench? Because I'm telling you now, they're not going to take it easy on him. No. They're going to press Hell him. No. They're going to test him. He's going to be an opportunity for guys. And I'll just maintain, Scoot Henderson's your better pick. Yep. This is a guard league. I'd rather have you know Scoot. That's just me. Um, Tom Basilius says, Steve Kerr surprisingly explained that Michael Jordan punching him in the face improved their relationship. Well, I mean, obviously Michael Jordan and Steve Kerr had a physical altercation in practice, but it was not like that. It was not a thing where Jordan walked up to him and just punched him in the face. It was a scrum. So I don't know. Hey, what, it doesn't matter. Uh, Jordan changed when he made mistakes. Some guys don't. You can't tell me that Draymond Green's going to change his stripes now. Are you kidding me? Uh, Alex Chacon says, guess who started last night, Jake? Yeah, neat. Neat. Colin Sexton. You're right. You're the best. But Mike Conley doesn't like, play. I, I, I don't. So, but this gives, I, but no, hang on a minute. Seriously. Yeah, like, this gives credence to this thought that Mike Conley shouldn't be here. Yeah. Because it's keeping you from starting Colin Sexton. So do you have the balls to bring Mike Conley off the bench on a nightly basis? Because if we're truly doing what's best for the team, which you're not, but if we're truly doing what's best for the team, you would have traded Mike Conley already and Colin Sexton would be your starter. Which, again, and is you, why the Bogdanovich trade makes no sense. And you wouldn't have given away. And by the way, you cut Saban Lee, but they sent you his money, so it doesn't matter. But if you were doing what was best for the club, you wouldn't have given away Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It Like, yeah, I, I, I you know, yeah, Colin Sexton started last night. But I have no confidence that Colin Sexton is going to be in the starting five when you have, you know, Mike Conley, Laurie Markkinen, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and whoever you want to put at the five. Where does Colin Sexton start in that group? That's my problem. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Utah Jazz Talk on the Monty Show presented by TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Go take that uh Go take that trip, man. Change your life. Watch the free webinar at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I, I think the biggest issue with this team right now is, is there a clear direction forward? And I don't think that's clear at this point. I don't think we know the answer. Well, and I think from the front office and just on the floor, I don't think you know that answer. Like, I, I'm still, I still haven't left the, the part of the timeline here where you traded Bogdanovich for a rack of basketballs and the guy you got back who was supposed to be this great kid or whatever, this great prospect, you he's not even on the team anymore because you still have 17 contracts on this team. And so to me, yeah, sure, Sexton starts last night, but when I made that comment the other day, I was more talking about the regular season and like how this is all going to work out with Mike still being on the team because you, you, you have nights where, and Will Hardy straight up said this the other day, where... Mike's not going to play, and I'm sure on those nights Colin Sexton is going to start. That's that's only. I mean, that only is natural, right? I would like, think so. That's what happened last night. But I have to agree with you, and and a lot of the people saying, "Why is Mike still here? What what is the again?" Like I said last week, you're really telling me that you're you think that Mike's leadership is more valuable than getting these guys the most minutes possible? Apparently, apparently i like, i think it is i i i don't know i just hope that we we i hope that 
there is some clarity once the regular season starts, which almost always is. Usually. I'm I wonder what Will Hardy turns into. I do. I wonder what Will Hardy as a coach turns into. I wonder what that maturity process will be like. And I think when you look at the guys on this roster who should be a priority, there is no question in my mind that it's Vanderbilt, Kessler, Jerry Butler. I I, I would cut Jerry Butler. Yeah. That or I would have him in the G League for the year. I, I there's no there's nothing gained by playing him at the NBA level, in my opinion. I just that's as well as I've seen him play, and he still shot terribly. I think it was four or twelve. I mean, Alex Chacon in the comments feels pretty strongly that Colin Sexton's going to start, and they're going to bring Mike Conley off the bench. Uh, well, I mean, you can feel that way, but until it happens, I, I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense. You're going to yeah. pay Mike Conley twenty million bucks to come off the bench. And what does that do to his trade value? I mean, financially, does that make a lot of sense? It, 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 it I, and I, I don't happen to put so much credence into who starts when, where, yeah, like. You're paying him $21 million. He should not be here. He should not be here. It is a mistake to have Mike Conley on the roster at this juncture of the season. Yeah. And I, and this, this Laker conversation, by the way, um, I would just point out to you confirmed. um, And I keep receipts. Absolutely. Um, There is no doubt in my mind that, that they had a deal with the Lakers done Mm. and the Lakers pulled out of that. And three people confirmed it this week. All the national guys picked up on that story. And confirmed it this week. You should have traded Mike Conley. Yeah, man. You should have traded him. Should they we went be in, concerned? The Lakers went and got Dennis Schroeder. Mm. You're telling me they wouldn't rather have a 50% three-point shooter and Mike Conley over Dennis Schroeder? That's a little surprising to me. And I just... I find myself in this place where I wonder what the true direction of this team is. And I wonder, hey, look, if, if we know this roster the way I think we know this roster, my guess is is that Mike Con- there's a trade coming. Yeah. You, you, you're going to probably cut a couple of guys and you are going to wind up trading one of, one of your veterans because it does not make sense. I don't think they will trade Jordan Clarkson. My guess is you're going to trade Mike Conley before the season starts. There's usually three, four deals between the end of preseason and – the regular season. And we'll see. I, I hope that happens. Harris Lachance coming up in 10 minutes uh, on the show. Wasn't Vanderbilt holding up a deal with the Lakers? I don't believe that he was. I don't believe that he was. They're not going to trade Vanderbilt. Why yeah. would you acquire him and trade him? I, I, I don't know why you would do that. Uh, no, Alex Chacon. Mike Conley cannot lead from the bench. He cannot. Um, you know, Jeremy Bolton says maybe Mike still wants to be here. Well, it's a, it's not up to him, but yeah, his family lives here. His kids are in school. He says that he loves the but, quality of life here, but what does that matter? Yeah. I, I mean, again, you know. if you're running your organization that way, I mean, what are you really running your organization? Like I, I, I just, that doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just, it's very interesting to me. Yeah. I just, uh, that's why I'm saying like, it doesn't, God, an ESPN is still playing the Draymond video. Again, well, I mean, they should, dude. I mean, he flipping attacked the guy, dude, he, atta- that it, this is, and this is what I don't understand. If you watch Draymond walk up to Jordan Poole, watch how he Superman punches him. That's what I can't get over. Like, and we haven't, in, we haven't intentionally not played that video. Yeah. We have intentionally not played the Draymond Green mini video, but it's frustrating yeah. to watch that video. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it I, is. I'm just telling you again. I'm just telling you again. Draymond Green had zero punishment leveled for that incident. 
Yeah, it's a pretty gnarly incident. It is dude. a. It is not a scrum of people. It is one v one, and he launched himself into Jordan Poole with a with with his legs and punched him in the flipping face. Yeah. And there's no punishment. And, and it's somehow, hard somehow some way. It, it, it's hard to watch it. We have a we have a nine thousand inch TV in the background, mm -hmm. and it's hard to to watch that punch happen. And I'll drop that mother. It's hard to watch that punch happen. Yes. So, anyway, hey, quick update on the show for you. By the way, we should be in our new Maverick Center studios. Yes. Thanks to our friends at Wayman Brothers Construction. Uh, 801-654-1028. The studio's done being built. We're waiting for. Uh, some wall graphics and internet to get squared away, but we should be in that studio hopefully a week from today. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, by the way, please, if you have not, go find the Utah Grizzlies on YouTube uh, and hit subscribe. Um, and Saturday, by the way, a lot of people have been asking me for Grizzlies tickets. Saturday, the Grizzlies play the Idaho Steelheads in Ogden. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, at the Weber County ice sheet, it's going to be a great time. It's only $15. You get two games for that. Uh, the Mustangs will play at three and then the Grizzlies play at seven ten. Tyson Whiting and I will be on the call for that game Saturday night on the Utah Grizzlies, uh, YouTube channel. So that that's where we're going to broadcast games this year. Um, Jake is going to be there as well. So coming out and see us Saturday night in Ogden, uh, for Utah Grizzlies hockey, uh, no, Jeremy Bolton, we will not sign your Caruso jersey. Jeremy keeps obsessively asking us to sign his right. Alex Caruso jersey. We will not do that. Obviously not. Um, you know, I mean, we would never desecrate such an article of awesomeness uh, in such a, a way. Right. Uh, but anyway, the point is, uh, come see us Saturday night um, in Ogden, 7-10 uh, face-off, Grizzlies and Steelheads to close out the preseason um, super excited to be around the club, super excited to be doing our, our show at the Maverick center every day. Um, super excited to be partnered with, uh, Wayman brothers construction on, on the construction of that studio. And I just say, again, if you need a basement finished, if you need a kitchen, a bathroom, um, if you need, if you're building a rental space above your garage, which I know a lot of people like to do call Wayman brothers construction, man, they can do it all. Um, they did a fabulous job. They communicate. They're really good. Their finished product is yes. without question. Yes. Um, the fact that Alma and the guys at Wayman Brothers Construction, they're a family business. Uh, I would just encourage you to do business with local business owners, whether that's Alma and the guys at Wayman Brothers, Quick Quack, Papa Murphy's, Tri-Day Trading, all of our partners at, at Barbecue Pit Stop. Do business with local guys like Alma Wayman and the guys at Wayman Brothers Construction because they're good people to work with. They take care of you. They Their invoices are always right. That's the other thing. When you're paying a contractor, the worst thing in the world is, oh, wait a minute, why is this 500 bucks more than it was supposed to be? Right. I've never had that problem with Wayman Brothers. They, they've done work at my house. They're always on time. Like I just love those guys. They're great to do business with. Uh, at Wayman Brothers Construction. So yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of business with the Grizzlies this year. Please subscribe to their YouTube channel after you hit the thumbs up button uh, on our channel right here. Right here. Hey, y'all. Right her. Uh, make sure that you go and uh, find the Utah Grizzlies. Do us a favor. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Uh, it absolutely uh, makes a difference for us on the show. So uh, yeah, go check that out. A couple of comments while we wait for Harris to hop in here. Uh, Quentin Randall says, congrats. Thank you. 
Um, let's see. Boyd Lake says Draymond punches, then is already on him again before he hits the wall. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Draymond throws the punch, and I mean, he hit Jordan Poole. Oh, he landed. Right on the jaw. Yeah, he landed. And then he almost goes to the ground with Poole and braces himself on the wall. It's a horribly violent incident. Like, I, I mean, it is, it is surprising. Um, you know, Jeremy Bolton says, shake my head. Why are you shaking your head, man? You know, it's all good. Jeremy, we love you. Uh, you know, <laughs> Draymond, Jacob DeLambo Lambo says Draymond to MMA. Seriously, though. That would be amaz- amazing. Alex Chacon says moving up in the world. Congrats, guys. Congrats. I don't know, are we moving up in the world, Jake? Are we kind of a big deal? Or I mean, you, you know, know, yeah, we're... we're I mean, we're you know, kind of a big deal yeah. on this show. Yeah. I, I mean... We're we, trying. We, you know, we're, we are trying. We, um, you know, we know some people, you know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Harris Lachance joins us every week. Oh, come on. See, but then Harris does stuff like, listen, he shows up on the show, which is fine. But then he wears a, is that a Boston Red Sox hat, Mr. Lachance? Hey, you know it, man. Go Red Sox. <laughs> that a boy. <laughs> What's up? Good to see you, my man. Let's, uh, how... How is how is the body feeling? Like I I I I gotta believe that here we are on October twelfth. How's the body feeling? It's you're midway through the football season. You feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling uh, <clears throat> healthy as a football player can feel. I'm we're all a little beat up, a little tired, a little sore, but that's how it's gonna feel in the middle of the season, right? We're used to that, so we're making yeah. it, brother. <laughs> we're making it. Well, hey, you know, a couple of things I want to ask you about. I did not get to ask you about the uh, wagon wheel at center at uh, at the 50-yard line two weeks ago. That was really cool to see you. I don't know. What were you doing mentally there? Like, you, it, it was interesting to see you standing there, and I've seen the video, and I've seen all the pictures. Were you were you, were you you reminiscing? Were you thinking? Like, what was going through your mind when you were, when you were chilling with the wagon wheel? Uh, well, when I was rolling it out there, I was thinking – Man, this thing's a little bit harder to roll than you think. <laughs> uh, That's then amazing. I, then I set it up on this little little stand, and uh, I was just thinking, honestly, uh, I was just kind of tired. And uh, don't tell anybody this, but I just didn't want to go around the whole stadium because we do the whole stadium thing and high five everybody. <laughs> didn't want to do that i'm so tired so that's why i was there alone and so uh so that's what happened and uh i just sat there and it was awesome man it was, it was great to have that wagon wheel back and and they you know we're we aren't gonna play them for a long while so it's good yeah. to keep that wagon wheel here do you find yourself at all reminiscing about your career i mean you're you're obviously you're you're playing in some big games i mean you're playing in some big moments this is such an important time but for you personally you as an individual um, and I know you hate when I ask you questions about being an individual, but as an individual, do you find yourself reminiscing? Do you find yourself soaking things in now as, as, as you're in the twilight of, uh, of your time at BYU? Yeah. Uh, I try not to, um, for the most part, because yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's been a long road and, uh, I do, I, I love it so much. Uh, but at the same time, you're right, man. Like it is the middle of my senior season, and I sometimes I do think, and I and I'm grateful, and I think, man, I'm never gonna get these times back. You know what I mean? And uh, that really that really uh, hits me deep, man. It really does. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. So visit with Harris Lachance on the Monty Show. I just think, you know, you've done so much, dude. Like, I mean, you had you've had such a good 
football career, your football life. I mean, from my perspective, what do I know? Um, you know, I just talk to you once a week. It's not like I know you, but I, it, it seems like, you know, you've had a really good career, whether that be high school at BYU. I mean, you, you've really, you've really accomplished some things, man. Like, are, are you, are you proud of that? Are you prideful about your football career? <laughs> uh, I'm grateful. I've been very blessed. I've been very uh, fortunate to have a lot of things um, go my way, and I'm I'm still trying to do the best I can and, and go as far as I can. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, like uh, you can reminisce, but there's the way I see it. Also, there's a lot more to get done. Yes. You know, I'm not finished, so that's how I feel. But, but you're right. Sometimes I think, man, I'm I'm very blessed, man. I'm very. Uh, yeah, and I, I certainly don't mean to put it in the light of, oh, hey, your career's over, dude. Like, <laughs> no, how'd it go? Know, yeah. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. that's absolutely not what I meant. But I just think I I I remember, you know, when we decided to have you on the show and you're like, Yeah, sure, let's do it. Like I looking at the things you've done, you've you've had a hell of a career. But then, you know, I fast forward you to Allegiant Stadium last weekend with Notre Dame. You know, it, it's there's been an odd amount of emotion around this team in the fan base this year, and fans are fans, whatever. But how are you guys as a team? Like, how, how do you feel like your unity? How do you feel like your brotherhood? How do you feel like the love and football thing is going for you guys as a football team right now? Yeah, well, you know, win or lose, uh, we stand by each other and we support each other. Uh, we're constantly trying to get better, and, and we're also taking accountability and, um, and being hard on each other, trying to get better. Uh, but at the same time, you're right. Like, uh, we stand by each other and we love each other. And it's true. And, you know, the guys I'm playing with, I've played with for uh, three, four years. So um, I know them like they're like my brothers. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what keeps us going. You know, no matter what, I know that uh, I'm going to put my put it all on the line for these guys. And, and they are going to do the same thing for me. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I think. When you face the adversity that you guys have have faced at times, I mean, the injuries are mounting. And one of the questions that I would ask you is, how is the accountability piece, um, you know, with your coaches, with your with your teammates? Because it, it seems like, you know, we hear a lot from Kalani. I, I, I've watched a lot of Kalani Sataki in my life. I've covered that guy for over a decade. I don't know that I've ever seen him as emotional as he was post-game and then Monday at his press conference. It, it's really interesting to me to watch him speak he seems quite maybe frustrated it's not the right word Harris but he seems like he is in his feelings about the way this football team has performed so how is the accountability piece for you guys um I mean I can only really speak for the old line room uh because that's where I'm at 99 percent of the day um but with us I mean like I said, we're constantly trying to get better and, and tighten things up. And I feel like we've done that for the most part. Yeah. Um, I feel like we can continue to do that. Um, other things we understand are not out of, are out of our control. And we can just, uh, you know, in, in different position rooms, we know that they're going to handle it um, the best they can and do those things. And we're going to handle it the best we can. And uh, that's the goal is, you know, do that and come together and, and play better and play better to win those big games. And you know, Harris, I think one of the things that I've really noticed is the, it feels like the right side of the line, uh, which you may know a thing or two about um, you, you and Kingsley, <laughs> it seems like you guys have, have, have built some chemistry there. And the hard part for me is 
you guys, obviously you have this rotation going on. Mm. And I just feel like Chris, you look at the way Chris is running right now, Christopher Brooks, he is running well behind you. Like I have, obviously I pay attention to the way you play in, in the, the job that you're doing. I feel like when he runs to the right, he, he can be confident in the turn. He can be confident in the alley to be there. How have you guys graded out? How have you specifically graded out in that Notre Dame game? Because I feel like you had some really solid moments in that game. Oh, no, yeah. We've uh, we've been grading out pretty, pretty well, actually. Um, but like, like we said, I mean, there's been a little bit of rotation uh, between me and Joe, um, sometimes another – positions like tackle and stuff and, and you know we're just trying to get the right fit um and and like we said at the beginning of the season there's more than five guys that could that could play on this on this line and that's true we've got a lot of great guys in this room um and I think we're still trying to progress through that and see um who can play you know maybe try Joe at center um and and things like that so uh we're, we're working through it and I think it's been pretty good man you know playing O-line is 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 a five guy Five guy job, so um, you know you got to be in it for the team, be in it for the for the line. Yeah, well, and you guys need to be an amoeba. You need to move as one. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like the other thing that I think is fabulous, <laughs> dude, is I really give you a lot of credit. This switch inside, I don't believe that it's an easy move to make. I've seen it probably successfully maybe three times in my life, and it's always been in the NFL. Um, but I think your athletic, your athleticism, your ability to move to the second level. And we've talked about the throwbacks and your soul snatching of guys at the goal line. I think the way that you have used your athleticism to make that transition, ha have you been happy with the way you've performed? Have you liked what you've seen on tape since you moved to guard? Yeah, I have for the most part. I think there's things that I can definitely uh, improve on, maybe taking a little bit better angles um, when I go up to the second level. Um, you know, uh, staying on blocks maybe a little bit longer. Um, it's hard harder a guard when they're lined up more tight to you. And anyway, things like little little nuances like that. Uh, I'm still trying to work on improve on. And it's different at guard, and it takes a little time. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I have only played guard for what like two months or something like that. So yeah. it's like, but I'm I'm working on it, and uh, and I, I I know no matter what that I'm going to get better and and keep progressing. Yeah, I think your run blocking's been really solid. Again, I'm not a coach. What do I know? But I I think. The, the, I thought some of the the better moments in the run game was certainly on to the right side there. And I, you know, I, I, I mean, routinely you were turning your guy consistently, which I think is a big part of that. And I really, I really have been impressed with the way you've gotten to the second level and found that guy at the second level. Cause I think it's easy um, to get to that second level without finding your intended target or without making a productive um, you know, without making a productive play at that second level, how challenging is that for you now being inside to get to that second level and then be make a play there? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, we do it all day long every day. So it's kind of become second nature, especially in the game. Uh, be, and, you know, because like I said, I mean, that's, that's our whole offense really is, is getting the double, getting the combo and then going up to the ID or, or one pass or one minus. And so um, that's how it is. I appreciate you, though, Monty. I appreciate you talking me up, man. You're a beast, man. Well, hey, you know what, man? You're on the <laughs> show and all that stuff. We tried. I I probably do watch way too much of the right side of the line. I'm sure that they play. I'm sure there's a left guard and a left tackle there at some point. But I, 
I watch you and Kingsley more than I watch anything in that game now. Thanks for that. Um, but let's talk about Arkansas because obviously this is a big game for you guys. I mean, in in the in the parlance of hey, you really want to get this win. Um, you know, you really want to you really want to feel good. You know, going forward because I think a lot of people also look up at your schedule and like, oh, the season ends at Arkansas. Well, I got news for you. Liberty plays football too, right? Yeah. So I think you guys really – how important is it to build momentum in this Arkansas game going forward? Oh, I think it's huge. And I think that especially the vibes around here is is like uh, this is a huge game for us and we want to win this one just as much as, as anywhere else. I mean, uh, you know, maybe some people are thinking thinking this or that, but it doesn't matter what they think. It matters what we think. and. And this is a freaking the freaking game for us. Yeah. So let's go. Let's beat these guys. Uh, and it's in our home. It's our in the hometown too, man. Sold out. Let's show out here. You know what I mean? Let's kick some butt and take some names. So that's what I'm excited for. By the way, you you guys had a pretty good turnout in Las Vegas. But what is the difference playing in front of the Rock? What is the difference playing in Provo? What is the difference playing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? How much a home field advantage do you think you guys have? Oh, man, especially the last couple of years, the Rock has been huge. I mean, they get so loud these days, man. It's crazy. And uh, <laughs> you can see – I mean, you can look at the stats. I mean, there's like – the opposing team's offense will have like double-digit penalties. I mean, it's crazy, man. It's awesome. It's huge. Yeah, yeah and I, I – so when you look at Arkansas defensively, what do they do? Are, are you expect? Are you expecting more of that, you know, twist-stunt move? Or what, what are you looking for in Arkansas? No, so they actually play pretty pretty straight up here. We, I mean, some games we've seen them play a lot of even front, mostly all even front, and other games they played a lot of mostly odd front. Uh, but a lot of stunts and blitzes we don't see too much of. They're, they're pretty big athletic guys, so I don't think that they have to um, do a lot of those things that maybe another team would, um, so to speak, up front, because they have some good guys. So, um, so far they've been playing. I've seen them play pretty straight up and – it should be good. I think so. So is that better for you guys? Do you prefer straight up? Like what, what do you, I mean, how does that impact um, the way you guys prepare? Uh, yeah. I mean, every, every team's different the way they play. And, um, what do I prefer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I prefer, uh, being ready for anything and then going out there and, and executing. Man. Harris chance for politic for political office. That no, was a very good crazy. answer, I sir. I'm ready for anything. Who knew? Um, hey, real quick before we let you go, yesterday was National Sausage Pizza Day. And I, my wife's a vegetarian, so I'm pretty much a vegetarian, but you put a piece of sausage in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Do you have a preference? Like, what kind of pizza guy are you? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I I just like pepperoni pizza. I'm not a huge. I'll eat anything, man. I really will, except for I'm not a huge Hawaiian pineapple pizza guy, but ah. I'll eat that too. But you know what? You know what? I do have a huge preferences is ranch. Yes. My dad. My dad hates me. My dad's from New England, so he he doesn't he hates ranch. But I I love ranch on pizza. So, oh, your dad's from New England. So is that yeah. where the Boston hat comes from? It does, but yeah, you're I, a hat guy, though, right? You collect. I'm a big hat, hat guy, but I love the Red Sox. Yes. You love the Reds. Well, the Yankees are in the playoffs too, so it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I had to. What do you want from me? Uh, as always, good to see you. Stay healthy. Really enjoy our conversations every week, man. Best of luck against Arkansas. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you, big dog. There you go. Harris Lachance, good to see you, my friend. Um, I mean, I just 
that guy, it drives me crazy with all due respect to the depth on that offensive line. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand the rotations. I really don't because I think when you rotate that offensive line, I think it, it hurts chemistry. And I still, I will maintain not because the guy's on the show, but when you watch Harrison Kingsley Suomataia on that right side, I think they are, there is no doubt that that is their best way to run. And I, I, I obviously Freeland, Barrington, Pay, like, I mean, the, that offensive line is stacked. And you're going to see those guys on Sundays in the NFL. I totally get it. You want to run the football, run behind Harrison Kingsley because I think you're getting, you're getting better angles. You're getting run, run yeah. lanes. Like, yes, I would, I would not be, I would not be. I would not be changing that. Uh, let's get some of your comments in here. Uh, Tom Basulius says, uh, great interview. Thank you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Draymond Green and fighting in practice in general? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ruffs official says these interviews are boring. Well, good for you, Ruffs. Rhett Williams uh, says, another great interview with the big hoss. Thank you. It was boring, though. Uh, Harris is that dude you'd love to hang with him. He is. He's that guy for sure. I mean, you, you got, I, I don't know how you can, you know, Alex Chacon says, there's Monty being humble. That's me. <laughs> That's me. You know, uh, let's see. Shake my head over the Caruso Jersey signing. I mean, just sign the damn Jersey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, it is, it is. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, how else can, I mean, it is the priest's robe. It is, it is. I mean, you don't say, I mean, it's an Alex you Caruso. Jersey. Yeah. I mean, you frame those things. They're so rare because nobody now else has bring it, one. Now bring us a, you know, a Ditka jersey. I said they're so rare because nobody else has. Never mind. Right? Yeah. Can I? Can I not be self-deprecating, please? <laughs> I'm a Bulls fan. Let me hang on to the things yeah, I can dude. hang on to. Yeah, hang on to it. As a Bulls fan, uh, love to hear how Harris is doing. Great interview. Thanks, boy. Appreciate it. Yeah, he is. I think Harris is. You know, I, and I, I wish I had phrased that question about being introspective a little better because I certainly did not mean to say that his career was over, or, but he's a senior. Yeah. And the guy, he's a, he's a Utah kid. Like, he went to high school here. He's played here. Like, you're holding that wagon wheel up, and you, you cannot tell me you're not standing there being introspective about your career at yeah. BYU. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, it, it is, you know. Uh, Zayman says, ask Harris next week how he feels about the rotation. Yeah, I probably ask him that too much. I think I've asked him that two weeks in a row now. Yeah, I should probably well, let it go. Yeah, because he says the same thing every week. Oh, we just have so much talent, and and I get it. He and that's why I said Harris Lachance. He for does mayor. well, dude. He Harris well. Lachance for mayor. Like he does well. He is. He is. And I'll say this about BYU: they media train their guys. Yeah. They work with their guys. I mean, you know, even when we were talking to Maximus last week, Max Tooley, he gave very diplomatic, measured answers. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I give the guy a lot of credit. Yeah, I do. Hey, uh, make sure you give us a thumbs up. If you're one of the 84 people watching the show today, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, it really helps the channel grow. Um, but yeah, so don't forget we'll be off on Friday. Tomorrow's all of a sudden a big show because tomorrow will be football Thursday. Yeah. Right. We have yeah. th th my hour and we, the Chicago bears will yeah. lose tomorrow night on Thursday night. In football. their color rush uniform, prime video and stuff. Yeah. With uh, bad audio. We'll have locks on Utah and USC. We will have a lock on BYU and Arkansas tomorrow night, uh, or uh, excuse me, Saturday afternoon, USC, Utah on Saturday nights. Yeah. Make sure you come and see us in Ogden Saturday night at seven. Uh, for Utah Grizzlies hockey at the Weaver County Ice Sheet. Until tomorrow, Jacob.
Make sure that you tell the fine people that the Monty Show is presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.